This is Mike Norton, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. But let's face it, you're all drunk. That was very enthusiastic. Well, that's kind of boo-boo there. <laughs> Nicely done, sir. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm getting used to it now. I, I kind of like not having to do the little <laughs> thing in the beginning. Well, let's see how it's, it's back. You know, this past week was very, it was in a way very poetic because we effectively had an episode of AC with Chris running the show. Yep. <laughs> then we had an episode of <laughs> And then I didn't participate, like which is, if, if we didn't go before EOC, that's how things were, right? I wasn't a podcaster, well, YouTube didn't get bad, and Chris didn't see. Analytical, always analyzing. It's amazing. Uh, that's how I, I love that about you. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I was woefully, woefully out of practice, though. Uh, not to my ears, you weren't. You sounded great. It was great. I, I'm actually really bummed because I don't know Greg that well. I was looking forward to it. He was, was, was he awesome? He is, he, he is and was. He was great. It was great. I, I thought both episodes last week in my house were fantastic. It was, uh, it was really kind of weird because I, you know, I didn't, I didn't ask him how long he wanted to be on the show. And, you know, I, you know, so what, David, whenever, uh, whenever he came in, it was like, you know, he'd be here. Uh, I can, yeah, I can stay till, you know, 8 o'clock my time, which is 11. Yeah, like, okay. so yeah, I can be here the full two hours. It's like, oh, well, all right, let's roll. That's cool. Yeah. But, I mean, let's be honest. Best case scenario, if you have to do it solo with David, uh, the, the, the absolute best guest to have would be... This is true. Mr. Rocco. Oh, oh mm-hmm. yeah. He could just he could talk for hours. Yeah. Uh, I just sit there like a little schoolgirl with, you know, my, my hands, you know, propping up my chin, my feet in the air, you know, looking up at him gazingly. Oh. So who are we? <laughs> who are all these people talking? I don't know. I have no idea. Oh, that's right. A little rusty. Hey, everybody. 11 o'clock comics, episode 268. I'm Vince B. Yep, and, uh, a little sore from carrying the show for a couple weeks. (laughs) (laughs) No, it it, it, carried the show last week. In all honesty, Mr. Neesman, thank you for knocking it out of the park. Bottom of the ninth. Uh, I gave you very little notice. You stepped up to the bat and you hooked it, hit it out. So, but you, you know, what, I'm going to throw it right back at you. That turning out show, turning out sh- uh, shows uh, like by the next morning, you're a beast. Because you're talking I'm, about next morning, one hour, my friend. Damn, <laughs> one so hour turnaround. Any, any of the rest of us want to stroke each other real quick before? We uh, I'm uh, get my hand raised. I'm, I'm David Price. Yes, you are, and. uh Ready for my reunion tour? I'm Ali Shaheed Muhammad. <laughs> oh my goodness! Who is that? I don't know either. <laughs> I, I have no idea, but I'm just going to shorten and say you are not. Muhammad. You are the vivacious and uh, very much welcome to be back, Jason Wood <sighs> in the house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, thank you. It's good to be back, and this is a special night. This is a night long in the making. It's ladies' night. It, it is ladies' night. But well, when when they when people hear the the dulcet tones of our guests, they will be late. Panties will be flying off all uh, over all over the world. I'm Niagara Falls in the summertime for yeah. this man. I and have we're not much. Talking, we're not talking about Rackerich's panties either. No, that's true. No. So so the man joining us for this evening, uh, I'm sure actually for most of our listeners needs no introduction. But uh, but for those that maybe have had their heads stuck in the pop culture. 
mud for the last few years. For shame. This is a man who probably is one of the hardest working men in comics. If you were to look up Hustle in the dictionary, you'd see a picture of him. Uh, he is the uh, founder of uh, PKD Media, which he then went on to be the co-founder of the very successful uh, independent comics publisher Action Lab Entertainment. He is also most recently the founder of uh, a uh, of an art consortium called LOI Studios. And uh, certainly last but not least, he is the host of one of my favorite podcasts, The Black Box, a podcast that uh, I have had the good good prep, uh, honor of being on a few times, as has David. Uh, this is, of course, none other than Sean Pryor. You know what? Y'all always find a way. Jason, you always find a way to make me like blush in public. And uh, now you made me blush over the Internet. And, nice. It's uh, hard to make a black man blush. Yeah, man. Like I am beat red right now. And that's not just be- <laughs> it's not just because of the beer I'm drinking either. But uh, that's uh, a very uh, kind in- introduction. And, uh, you know, a brother is humbled. So uh, nice. thank you. Welcome, dude. Long like over- already, he comes equipped. He's ready to go. It's uh going to have to get rid of a couple of you schmoes that refuse to take part <laughs> no, of the no, no. drink roll call. We are schmoes. <laughs> nope. It's true. Go ahead, no, Chris. Th- I'm going to make you proud tonight, Chris. Go ahead. All right. All right. Cool. Well, you, you, oh, Vince, do you want to you talk about our, our lovely sponsors? or, or Yeah. I do. Uh, and, and see, we, Chris, we're so, we're, so we're, we're off script already. We are. And, and, and you know who else has a batting average of 1,000? I bet you I do. Why? Is it, is it Discount Comic Book Service? It's our damn sponsor, Discount yeah, Comic is. Book Service. That was every kid at the Little League last See week. See that? These, yeah, <laughs> they don't walk every time. How about this? We'll do it this way. Like like the Schmoes uh, walking around willy-nilly and Wrigley with the hot dogs, DCBS will bring your comics right to you, but not charge you a whole lot of money. DCBService.com. Get this. 35 to 75 sometimes percent off your favorite funny books and collectibles. Like, from Archie Comics, it's the Archie 1000 page comics extravaganza. This is a thick ass book. Cover price $14.99. Your price? $7.49 for a thousand pages of comics. It's insane. It is insane. And it's already been ordered, brother. So, uh, and, uh, from Archaea, or Archaea, whichever way you want to say it, it's the classic Space 1999 softcover, Everything That Was, written by Andrew E.C. Gasco, who's great, with art by Gray Morrow and various. Now, see what they did here? They took the classic, uh, Charlton stuff, the stuff from the British looking, magazine and annuals and they bridged it all together with these new interlocking stories it's pretty pretty canny i that's a neat idea and the cover is a previously unpublished gray marl painting that was once used as a puzzle in the 70s but it was never printed it was for the, i think the last issue of uh charlton space 1999 magazine but it they never got there it was canceled before that issue so they use that as the cover for this the regular price on this bad boy is twenty nine ninety five. It's thick, but your price at Discount Comic Book Service is forty five percent off. You can get it for sixteen dollars and forty seven cents. That's crazy. And last but crazy. not least, one of my all time favorite comic book series is getting the upscale repro treatment hardcover, no expense spared from the great people at Titan Comics. It's Jack Katz's First Kingdom, 
hardcover volume one. You want to talk sprawling, epic? I think a couple thousand years uh, pass from the first issue to the last. It's crazy. Uh, first in a series of six post-apocalyptic graphic novels created by industry legend and borderline insanoid Jack Katz. It's a future history epic following the fall and rise of humanity across a canvas of a thousand years. You gotta get this. I love the First Kingdom. Cover price, $24.99. Your price, $13.74. Damn cents. Where are you going? Uh, they don't mind late orders at DCBService.com. You can come in under the gun. They'll roll out the red carpet for you just like everybody else. You can get previews digitally for $1.12, I believe. And if you're a first-time customer, you can enter the code that our lovely David will be telling you in a couple seconds into the pre-moisten slot and get an extra 8% off your already massively discounted order. David, tell them what that code is. Code is EOC8. I'm in game show mode tonight. I don't know why. But I, awesome. So uh, shimmy on over to Discount Comic Book Service. They will treat you well. DCBService.com. Yeah, you're. There you go. We'll be nice. back in two and two. That's uh, <laughs> uh, tonight's drink roll call. Uh, why don't uh, well, uh, David? Why don't you kick us off? Uh, I am. Well, I brought this with us out to C two E two, and I figured since we're having a guest on tonight, a guest we saw at C two E two, and who I finally met face to face, shook his hand for the first time at C two E two. I am drinking uh, Eagle Rare single barrel Kentucky oh, nice. straight bourbon whiskey. Nice. nice. Wow. Good for That's you. good stuff. It is good stuff. I may have to go get some. Cracked some it open tonight. Open later. That sounds, that sounds delicious. Uh, well, Jason, you said that you were going to, uh, um, to make me happy. How about you? This is true. Uh, well, in honor of Sean's presence, I couldn't, uh, drink Diet Dr. Pepper tonight. Had to crack <laughs> open some, some alcohol. So I am drinking a absolutely delicious Pinot Noir. From the little state of Oregon, they make uh, it's, really uh, good pinots. They do. It's uh, the uh, it's by the Shea Vineyard. It's the Pinot Noir, the Willamette Valley Shea, uh, 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is uh, just terrific. Uh, I would highly recommend it to those of you who are into pinots. It's wow. uh, you like sucking on that pinots, huh? I love pinot. Uh, I'm a huge <laughs> fan of pinots. Sorry, huge fan. Yeah, you've been all over been. my face. I like to slap it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never understood that the cheek slap. Like, why would you bother? Yeah, I know, I know, dude. The, the actions in the mouth, not on the cheek. You know, send me. There you go. Nice. You've been drinking a lot of the grapes lately. Uh, the, you know, it's, uh, it's easier to have like one or two glasses of wine. If I start drinking the beers and the liquor, it, it doesn't stop. Yeah. And you know, since I've been in the uh, hyper fitness mode, I've been the, the wine is easier to just sip. Yep. Yeah, I understand that. Uh, Vince, how about you, sir? Oh, Christopher, I hate to let you down. Man, come on. You've had two weeks, two weeks away from the show. You couldn't, couldn't no, you know, squeeze I'm, I'm, out a yangling or something? Part of my regimen is drinking half my body weight uh, in ounces of water a day. So I, I'm seeing him of water. I'm, I'm currently I'm drinking. You could, get, you could get like water poisoning from that. Dude. Nah, I'm ninety. I'm drinking ninety ounces of water a day because I'm currently at 180 pounds. Oh, okay. Ounces to pounds. Okay. No, right. I'm 180. Holy shnikes, brother! That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, we're getting Good there. For you. I got to stop soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's dedication. Dude, Dowdy looks like he weighs 14 pounds. Oh, he's too skinny. He's too skinny. He's way too skinny. He looked like he uh. Wait, he had, who looked too skinny? My buddy Mike. 
Oh. He look, he's, uh, he's, 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 he has your old condition. Yeah, he's like 6'3 or 6'4, right? and, he's, yeah. and he's the same weight I am. So, yeah, yeah that's way too skinny. Yeah. yeah. When I was, a couple years ago, when I was at that max skinniness, I was about 180, and I'm 6'3, and I looked, people kept asking me if I was like, dying. yeah. Maybe, I remember you telling us about the, the hip bones thing, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk not, about that later. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, let me see. Uh, oh, I'm having uh, a Repo Man Rice Stout from TV Rebel Party. Mm hmm. Yep. <laughs> uh, actually, TV, the, they have another, uh, another one called TV Party. Nice. They, they, I told you that. We've talked about this before. Yeah. They did, they did a series of beers and they did a beer for every song on the Repo Man soundtrack. That's awesome. They, they had a, a beer called Shit Hits the Fan. Nice. <laughs> it was, yeah. So they, they covered them all. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a great rice out. Uh, how about our special guest? Um, I am drinking, actually, I have two of them on the table right now. Uh, Stella Artois. Nice. Nice. And um, my friend, uh, my friend Justin, uh, got me uh, hooked on uh, hooked on this beer and Cronenberg uh, um, a couple of months ago. And ever since, you know, can't stop drinking it. Now I don't drink beer as much as I used to. I retired uh, the uh, collegiate heavyweight drinking belt a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But 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 every, but every now and then, you know, for special occasions, I'll pull out a brew. And a situation like this, it it deserves Stella. Wow. Yeah, I was going to say you're a. You, it deserves a little of the wife beater. <laughs> for, for those that don't know, uh, Sean, he is a tall, skinny drink of water and uh, a runner. So he's got that runner's build. Well, see, now here's the thing, though. See, it's more of like a temporary runner's build because <laughs> because only do like uh, this year I ran a half marathon. I was only going to do one a year. That's awesome. And uh, the year before, I did half of a half marathon. And this year, I, I trained for it. I did it, but um, I jacked yeah, up my foot, foot right? in the process. Yeah. Oh, no. How you and, doing? Uh, no, no, it's, it's, it's a lot better now. Right. I'm only in the boot half a day instead, okay. of, a, instead of a whole day. Uh, the boot um, is removed permanently starting next week, and then I just nice. have to wear inserts, uh, special like designed inserts, and then mm -hmm. just start strengthening up my ankle again. And then I'm good, and I can start working out again. So yeah. That must be like hell because, you know, you get that urge to get out there and start running, and yeah. you can't. Yeah. That's tough. Oh, yeah, it's real tough. And seeing not only that, but it's like you develop a regiment. And sure. so even if I could only like run two two times a week, whether it be on a treadmill or outside, I would be fine with that. But then I was going to start working on like, you know, upper body and right. start like lifting weights and stuff. I was really getting into it. And then when I got hurt, you know, it just like it was like supreme saltiness. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's <laughs> to the extreme, right? Oh yeah, it's like it's like yo, you read Secret Wars and you got so hype, and Marvel told you Secret Wars two was coming out. You saw the John Byrne cover, and you opened it up, and it was like Al Milgram. <laughs> hey. Oh, oh no! Oh, I gotta laugh because Sean again. <laughs> I love his podcast, and Sean is like generally ninety eight percent of the time super positive about like comics and stuff he likes to be entertained by. He's of the mind like he likes to talk about stuff that he's enjoying versus disliking. But you have a bug up your ass about Al Milgram, dude. You know yeah. what? I love I love the man's work ethic. Do not ever get me wrong on that. I love his hustle. I love everything. But it's like I felt I feel bad for him like, because it was like, like every time like saying she has a pretty face. It kind yeah, kinda. You know, but it's just it's messed up because every time there's a big project at Marvel or something falls through the cracks, especially during the 80s, it was like, yo, we got to get somebody to bang out these 25 pages in two days. Call Al. <laughs> so, right. like, Al, Al busts out to work, and, you know, he does the best he can in, like, two days, and then, like, everybody looks at it's just like, oh man. You know, yeah, true. think about it. Secret Wars 2. Then West think Coast about, Avengers. Uh, 
Yeah, West Coast Avengers. But see, the thing is, the funny thing is, I gave him the pass on West Coast because I got oh, that limited no. series. Here's the deal. I got that limited well, the series. Limited series is Bob Hall. Yes. Oh, yes. And, like, that got me hyped beyond, beyond reason, okay? I do. I got so many damn reader copies of that limited series. It's ridiculous. <laughs> mm-hmm. And was it real? Was it really limited, though, Sean? Really? Uh, was it limited? Well, well, it's, it's, <laughs> I am uh, in my DCBS order this month is uh, the volume two of the West Coast Avengers Omnibus. So nice, nice, nice. I was looking at that. I, I, Al got a little bit of a pass yeah. with me from Peter Parker and the Spectacular Spider-Man. Now, see, and, and, and the Marvel fanfare, yes, framing sequences. But but the West Coast Avengers, I, I wasn't feeling it. No, I tell you what, what really got me was when John Byrne was on The Incredible Hulk and there was this great storyline going on. They separated Bruce Banner from yes. the Hulk and like yes. the Hulk went buck wild. Yes. And, like, you had the issue where it was like uh, Submariner, um, Hercules and uh, Wonder Man and um, was it Iron Man or one other cat? I can't remember. And it was like, yo, we got to go stop the Hulk. And it was a great issue. Yep. And then, you know, you come back next issue. It's like Al Milgram. Yep. And yeah, and then like you just get salty. I cannot well, believe this. No, I, yeah. I love Space Adventures. <laughs> and and it, but if you want to make a pencil look good, if you want to see what a pencil really does, then then you give Al Milgram the inks. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Al, yeah. Okay. oh, he's a hell of an inker, man. Yo, I will never discredit that man on inks. That dude is a hustler. And what, wasn't for a period of time he was doing like a lot of work for Archie Comics, or is he still doing work for Archie Comics? I believe he is. I think he's still doing work. Yeah. Yeah. Definition mm-hmm. of a hustler oh, is yeah. Al Milgram. Like, yo, I may sometimes have, hate on you. Hate you're part on of the same Al. hustler fraternity. <laughs> yo, Phi Kappa hustle. <laughs> you know, you know, if you like West Coast Thanks. Avengers, you gotta love the Grim Reaper. Alpha you Sigma you gotta. It seems like Grim Reaper popped up every other issue. He loved the book. Grim Reaper, didn't he? Honest to God. Before we get before we get too deep, I've got a thank you and an in your thoughts. Wow, me too. <laughs> okay, right. I don't well, have any in your thoughts though. The the right. thank the thank you is to all of the eleven o'clock listeners out there because um and I'm it's not all of the listeners I'm sure but whenever we had um Greg on last week talking about uh the Lady Saber Kickstarter in the like four days after we released that episode um uh, they raised another forty thousand dollars oh yeah. see that's power wow. They and I'm not. I'm not saying that it was that was all no, listeners, but I know that a lot of people and from the forum and and Twitter and and all that stuff that a lot of EOC listeners um, were were tweeting and posting and, and remarking that they that they had jumped onto that Kickstarter. So they they blew past their last two um, stretch goals, yep. and they actually they had to make a a, a a very a last stretch goal there in the last day. Um, to kind of you know spur people on, but it was a huge, huge success. So congratulations to to Greg and the rest of the the Lady Saber team, and a huge thanks to uh, to the EOC uh, listener base for uh, for coming through again on a big well Kickstarter. Um, and my uh, in your thoughts, uh, and I wanted to get it um, here at the beginning instead of the end. Uh, Mahmoud Ashrar um, for all of his friends and family and loved and ones. And Ilder too. And yes, yes, yes and Ilder yeah. And it, Turkey is going through some major, major shit right now. So um, definitely in in our thoughts, man. I know that he uh, uh, Mahmoud's not in Turkey anymore, is he? No. Okay, no. he uh, he had he had moved away, but I know he's got a lot of uh, um, friends and loved ones there. So yeah. uh, in, in in our thoughts, man. Well said, well said. Look at you, Chris. 
bring your A game in, Wes. Look at wow. you. It's the kind of gentler, Chris. Yeah. Seriously. We got a guest. I got to be on good behavior. <laughs> we should have a guest every week. You must, be getting that good, you must be getting that good loving from Martin in L.A. Oh, That's my this. goodness. <laughs> LA. Boy, was Baseball the... and balls deep all in one. Oh, night. please. <laughs> Keep it classy. Uh, I, I have a thank you. Of course. This, when don't you? This I, I haven't in a while. Uh, this is going out to uh, Mr. Jason Lee, who is uh, obviously a resident of the Seattle area because he was fortunate enough to be at the release party for the free uh, Seattle-based tabloid, uh, comics tabloid called Intruder. And he sent me the sixth issue of Intruder, which is awesome. Uh, do you all care to hear who's in this thing? Get it. Uh, Jason T. Miles. Let's see. I hope you know these people. I do. Uh, James the Stanton, Alexa Konings, Adian Fitzgerald, uh, Mark J. Palm, Ben Horak, Max Klotfelter, Darren Schuler. Come on, you got to know that name. Tim Miller. Uh, let's see. Tony Ong, Nikki Birch, David Lasky, uh, J- J- Jason T. Miles again, Tom Van Dusen, and the cover of this thing is done by one of my favorite cats out there uh he is the writer artist of the morning star series uh mr Kashmir strepek i hope i'm saying it right uh so big thanks to mr lee but that's not all he gave me he got me he sent me an issue of pork weirdo art it's a great little free tabloid but at the release party for this intruder number six he got me a screen print of uh cashmere's cover same size it's it looks like a four color job there's it's purple and green and there's like two variations of each color unbelievable printed on thick paper it it's it's a screen print and i am going to take that baby up to michael's and get it framed and hang it on my damn wall because it it is amazing yeah so big thanks to uh jason lee for doing that you didn't have to do it but i'm glad you did man amazing yeah respect that's my thank you. That's cool. Uh, you know what? See, I'm rusty too. Quick, quick thank you as well then for me, um, Mr. J.K. Woodward, uh, artist we all know and love. Uh, you know he he suffered uh, pretty big losses during Hurricane Sandy. Yeah, he and his wife pretty much had literally lost everything they had. They they've since rebounded nicely and relocated and all that stuff. But uh, as part of their efforts to rebuild, they were doing a little thing where J.K. was taking uh, commissions on on the cheap. And uh, I procured one, and uh, he sent it to me. I received it this week, and it is awesome. I had seen it. Like, he posted it on his website, and I'd seen it, but it wasn't f- fully colored. And he sent it to me like fully colored, like and you know, Jakey's a painter, so it's a painted piece. But it's a uh, it's a uh, beachhead versus firefly. Ooh, so oh, how cool! Yeah, it's super tight. And uh, on that note, and Sean will appreciate this as a fellow GI Joe fan. Uh, my new ride. Uh, we returned to my old ride, and it was we called it the Ninja because it was black. So my new ride is uh, like charcoal gray. So the boys, uh, I let them name it, and they named it Firefly. Nice. So we're going to try and get a vanity plate that says Firefly. Oh, see, yeah. that's, that's, that's classy. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if classy is the word. It might actually be a little trashy, but, <laughs> but it's cool, though. That's <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's I think New Jersey classy. Yeah, it's like Jersey. Right. Yeah, oh, no. goodness. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, that J.K. Woodward piece is hella dope. Um, I saw you post it on Twitter a few days ago. Yeah. Yeah, man, I, I was uh, mad jelly. <laughs> I was, I was yes. like, I got to come up to New Jersey and get that piece. 
That's all right. You can uh, you can uh, you you got that big lob piece that uh, I that you sent me a copy of that I loved it. So yeah, yeah, man. Well, okay, cool. let's get this baby started uh, with our guest. Okay. Yeah, uh, Sean, why don't you tell us what's going on in Priorland? Um, you know what, man? Life is uh, mad busy, man. Uh, you know, with everything going on with Action Lab, uh, you know, we've been going through a ton of changes as of late. You know, we have our Action Lab proper line. We got our da- Danger Zone line, which is a mature readers uh, book line. And, um, you know, uh, family wise, like uh, my wife and I just adopted a Greyhound. Oh, I didn't Ooh, know that. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. We, we adopted a Greyhound. He, uh, his name is uh, his racing name was Homesick Charlie. And uh, Lee decided, Lee, my wife, decided to name him uh, Charlie Brown Pryor. And um, he's he's the cutest he's the cutest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I've never owned a dog, and uh, normally, like you know, sometimes like you know, yo, I get a little anal, anal retentive sometimes, and I don't like like spazzy dogs. Yeah. Um, and this dog is not spazzy at all. In fact, it's honestly one of the best things that has ever happened to me in my entire life because, like, the moment he stepped in the door, my blood pressure went down. My like you know my stress and stuff like that went down, and yo I I I love him. It's He's, true. It's you know. it's it's been uh, verified that dogs mm-hmm. uh, reduce uh, stress and uh, increase the quality of life. That's why they bring them to like uh, retirement homes and and uh, you know convalescent places and stuff like that. Oh yeah, it, yeah. it's what's wonderful. And Lee is, yeah. is is beyond happy, and like Charlie is like Velcro. <laughs> Like wherever Lee goes, he's like, I got to go there too. That's awesome. So, um, you know, that's, so no, it's just a, it's a really good thing. Um, but no, like yep. right as of now, it's pretty much been like, I have been knee deep, um, with Action Lab, like just doing nothing but that and some, you know, podcasting when I have time and doing like conventions. This convention season. Yes. Um, there was a, there was a spot where like in six, I think it was like six, I did like four to six shows in like eight weeks. Wow. And um Yeah, man, you were on the hustle, brother. Yeah, man. Hey, they ain't got no choice, man. It's like, yo, we're a small publisher. So yeah. because you know, because we're small, there's still people, even in my hometown, you know, even where I live now in Lexington, that don't know about us. And in like other states that don't know about us, they may have heard, but um, you know, we gotta spread the word. So, you know, yeah, you may have seen me at C two E two, you may have seen me at Super Show for a hot minute, you may have seen me at your at the, at your local shop for free comic book day, you may have seen me at Appleseed. Um, you know, Lexington Comic Con, yo, I, I'm just like, I was just out and about and everywhere. And like, got, I got another show in like three weeks. So, um, you know, I've just been on my hustle. Baltimore, are you? No, I'm going to Baltimore. Oh, you are? Oh, please believe. Oh, (laughs) David and I are going to see you there, brother. (laughs) Yes, yes, I, man, yo, that's like, wait, wait, David's going to Baltimore too? Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, so jealous. (laughs) Are you going to, um, are you going to Cincy? Sean? Um, the only reason why I can't go to Cincy Comic Con is because it's the same weekend as Baltimore. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and like, and there was also, like, for a small period of time, there was, like, beef between, because, like, there's a show called the Cincinnati Comic Expo, which started last year, and, like, some stuff sprawled from that, and so, like, these other cats made Cincinnati Comic Con, and then both, like, then both sides was beefing, like, they was Pac and Biggie, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, yo, uh. I was like, yo, y'all comics, please just cut the bullshit out. And like, I just, I said, I'm not going to fool with either of these shows this year. And, you know, let me just, let me wait it out, see what happens. And then um, when it was like, yo, Cincinnati Comic Con is in September, it was the same weekend as Baltimore. I loved Baltimore so much. I was like, 
Baltimore is top priority for me. I got to go back at least one more year. And so I'm doing Baltimore this year. So yeah. we'll see tough. what happens. There, there's, there are so many shows. And yeah, it's, 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 there's only so many weekends on the calendar, but, uh, you know, it is kind of nice that, I mean, it's getting to the point there, you know, it, you have a regional show probably, you know, mm-hmm. um, close to you. It's, it's getting to the point that there's so many, but, uh, yeah, they, they overlap. So yes. which is, is a bummer. Believe me, I know from, from having put a small one together, it's just finding the weekend is the hard thing. You know, I'm still salty that I was never able to go to Windy City. I mean, Uh-oh. like like Lowry's sauce. <laughs> <Okay? laughs> yeah, you know. Oh, man, you don't understand. Like, every time I saw those pictures, I would just get mad because I was like, yo, I should have been there. I should have been there. It's just like at that time, I just couldn't, you know, scheduling and whatnot. Sure. But, yeah. you know, but the vibe that, like, everybody gave to me about those shows was just so positive. It's just like, yo, that's where I need to be. And, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I-, I love shows like that. Don't get me wrong. C2E2 was grand. That artist, Ali is just miraculous i mean just like Mm -hmm. it's so vast i mean when you can have rows a through z you know for artists oh yeah it's big it's it's crazy Mm -hmm. and i mean it's like a mixture of everything and you know you really get to see all the talent that's out there and it's it's incredible but also at the same time though the smaller more intimate shows um are wonderful um you know because you just get so much from them too so uh so yeah man shows like that man i really dig Cool. Well, I mean, you, you know, I remember when you and your your partners were talking about starting Action Lab. I mean, you know, I was like at at at, at one, at, I was equally like rooting for you, but also being like, damn, I, this is, <laughs> I don't know what they're, I wonder if they know what they're getting into because you know it's it's it's. T- I mean, you know better than us now after the couple of years you've been down at it, that it's tough, right? I mean, it's tough yeah. to to you know whether it be. I remember your first few books, you know, Diamond giving you issues in terms of like having the issue in, have not having the issue in, all that sort of thing. But, you know, like, I also wonder if, if you guys have taken a moment to, like, recognize the success you have had because, number one, I thought your booth looked, first of all, it was really well put together and it seemed like you had a nice crowd at C2E2, which is a big mm-hmm. show. Yeah. But two, like, I mean, um, Vince was too uh, too ill-prepared tonight to mention it in his uh, in his DCBS uh, promo, goodness. but you have a boatload of Action Lab books that are coming out now. I mean, yeah, and and, and you know you got you got you got uh, Jamal Eigel on tap for Molly Danger. You got yep. uh, obviously Princeless, which was probably fair to say your first kind of like notable hit, you know, in terms of like pr- you know broad notoriety. You got uh, Jeremy Dale's new book, uh, Skyward. Yeah, Skyward coming. Yes. Uh, plus, you got the adult line. So, I mean, for a, a, a small publisher that's still trying to get their name out, I mean, you guys have a pretty big size catalog right now. I mean, bigger than a lot of other publishers that people probably have heard of, you know, for a bunch of years. Yeah, it's you know what you know what, it's a it's a real interesting situation because like the way we looked at it because we've been publishing in the in like the direct market for uh, say a little over two years now, and it's one of those things where sometimes people. We figured that people perceive us like this. If um, we were only publishing one or two books a month, if that, for like our first year, you know, some some retailers may say, you know what, I'm not going to fool with y'all until y'all actually have a catalog. You know, you know, y'all start producing more material, um, you know, come back and let, let's see. Let's see if you're going to be here a year from now. So, you know, we get some Eisner nominations with Princeless. Uh, Princeless won some Glyph, won some Glyph awards. Um, a lot of books get like a lot of critical, you know, positive buzz. 
we come around in year two. We got more, you know, we got more books for people, um, you know, a bigger catalog. Um, you know, we had the thing with NFL Rush Zone, uh, you know, for a hot minute. And, um, and you know, and then we start the Danger Zone and we show, we're showing people that, we, you know, we have a catalog of books and we, you know, a lot. And plus, we drop prices on our books, too, as of this yeah, month. Yeah. As of this month, all solicits for like single issue comics are two ninety nine, and if you go to dcbservice.com, those books will be two dollars and nine cents. Um, but uh, <laughs> but you know, so we even lower prices on books, and so you know, but you'll still have some people. You have some retailers like at the retailer summit at C two E two. There was like, yo, y'all put really putting in work. We really like what you do, and we saw an increase in pre orders. Because of you know what um what Brian and uh, Chad did at the retailer summit, you know which was which was incredible, and that's a good thing. We need that. We need to see that boost. But also at the same time, you'll still have those that say, "Well, okay, you got through phase one. You're in phase two. Now you got all these books. Now let me see if you can still stay around for year three, and then I might consider picking up your yeah. stuff." So you're in a <clears throat> you're in a catch twenty two, no matter what you do. So the only thing we can continue to do, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> the only thing we can continue to do is make the best books possible and continue to show new talent, um, you know, and we'll continue to be that small company with big ideas. And um, if, you know, that's what we're going to continue to do, um, you know, whether it be in the direct market, in the digital market with Comixology, I mean, a um, couple of months, like uh, last month. Um, we did a thing with comics with comicsology. We had a three day sale. All single issues were ninety nine yeah. cents, and like uh, trade paperbacks or trades and collections were two ninety nine. You know, I mean, like yeah, we're trying to make people aware of who we are, because you know, a couple years down the line, we want to be power players. So in order to do that, we have to m- make sure people are aware that we exist. Yeah, you are smooth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why. Uh, it- that's why Sean's podcast is one of my faves. It's because uh, not only does he uh, the man, not only is he eloquent, but uh, he is a fan of uh, of not just comics but uh, pop culture and uh, particularly eighties pop culture. Which uh, yeah. he, he's a child of the eighties, like well, like most of us. Yep. And uh, so uh, we, uh, even though we grew up in uh, different parts of the country, we seem to have uh, had very similar childhoods, at least in terms of at least what we were consuming. So, so oh. it's because of his love of mask. Hey man, <laughs> well, well honest, yeah. As 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 uh, speaking of mask, Sean had Sean did me the honor of having me on, and he and I spent about two hours discussing and dissecting mask. That's uh, why I sure mentioned did. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Mobile Armored Strike Command is the shit. Um, I'm just have they, not re- have they not done a remake of it? Oh, don't worry. I you know you know how IDW is in the bed with Hasbro, <laughs> so you know that book is coming soon. It's true. It's got to. Yo, <laughs> they did they did a thing at New York Comic Con a couple years ago. Robert Atkins did the cover for it. It was like this like uh, cavalcade of comics type yep. deal, yep. and it had like Jim Mask yep. Stretch Armstrong. Yo, I'm telling you, IDW will make a Mobile Armor Strike Command book, and that book will be hot. Yes. Will they have an artist as hot on it, though? Mm, that's the trick. Yeah. <sighs> don't, don't get me started. Don't get me started. It's that's like, yo, yo, it's like, hey, you know, y'all in tight with Jamal Eigel now. Y'all need to call, call up that dude. Let him, let him do mask. If not, call my boy Martheus Wade. Yep. He do a hell of a mask book right now. So... Yeah, man. They just no. need to take. They need to take from the the Transformers camp of artists. Oh, you're not yeah. kidding. You're not Yo, kidding. Some Guido Guidi up in there. You know what I'm that, saying? That's my dude, man. That's the dude that got me 
um, that got me into some of those Transformer books. Like, I don't get to read them as as quickly as like a lot of other people do. But like, there are just days where I wish a lot of these comic book apps would have like an option to where you could just remove the word balloons <laughs> and just like look at his art all yeah. damn day. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Cool. Double, that's what I liked about the double feature. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. That yes. You could do that. Well, see, that's the problem with IDW's. One of the, the, the scant problems with IDW's Transformer books, uh, they're very meaty. There's a lot of dialogue to them. And they're putting them out at a really nice clip. So if you fall behind, it's really tough to catch up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah so like the, after uh, all hell megatron was done it was funny like when that was done everybody was talking about it. i was like yo i'm still on issue five y'all um, <laughs> Don't tell know, me. And, and, and then when like people got even further i was like yo i just finished 10 but um i'm gonna have to start all over so you know what y'all just go ahead and hop on the bus i'm just gonna stay at camp for a while and see if i get <laughs> caught up yeah <laughs> well they, they've ramped it up about 20 times since All Hail Megatron. I mean, that was a great series, but the stuff they're doing now is just amazing stuff. I got to say, uh, I, I got in my bag for tomorrow to read uh, More Than Meets the Eye, Volume 3. Nice. So, nice. yeah, I'm hooked. I just wish they can reach that level of quality with the Joe books. Yeah, it's not happening. Wando's covers are great, but once you get past that, it's just like, mm. Yeah, you know, they got out of the gate fine, and, and there was some good stuff going on, and um, you know, we all loved Cobra for a while, but oh, sure. you know, there's you know, there's just there a point in time when franchises just kind of run out of gas. And they're killing it with the turtles. The turtles books are amazing. I keep hearing that, you know, I, don't, yeah. I haven't really given them their due, but I, I've heard that from you and Campbell and some of the other hardcore turtles fans. Don Cardenas. Who I haven't heard about this from is uh, Joey Alicio. I, I feel like he really did walk away when they got sold, and he's never come back. Uh, he's a loyalist. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, so, and like you, like myself, he really enjoyed the Laird. Uh, yeah. I think it's volume four, volume, mm-hmm. yeah. and once that was over, he just—it seems like he just parted ways with with and and you know, wasn't happy about the sale. I don't think he's um, happy with the current direction. Uh, yeah. You'll you'll have that, right? But yeah. I, I will I will admit though that new cartoon is dope. It is. Yes, it is. It's so hot. Yeah. It, oh my god. It's like this beautiful blend of like you know 3D with like with like uh, French animation like overtones and. And it's just, it's just, man, it's it's awesome, man. Yeah, there's a fourth wall element to it, like a surface element, and then you got what's going on underneath. Like I love the the little uh, illustrated emotion. One mm-hmm. of them will turn, go doink, you'll get to see something over his head. That's I love that. That's really hot. And the flashbacks, how they're uh, they're yep. more cartoony uh, than than the 3D animation at the regular. The rest right. of the show is going for the way everybody interacts with each other, the character voices, everything is just it. It's it's close to flawless. It is. It, it's it's a stunning. Wow, it's no. It it really and it it's wow. the the on the weekends where a new episode is not airing, mm-hmm. Renee is not happy. Yeah. Well, let's, let's be honest. Um, the originals they're kind of kitschy. They're, they're definitely products oh, of their yeah. time. But I mean, we love them. But this this is something else. It's that good. And I I, I yeah. love I love the Hamas. Dude, I. I I, I know you're you. always talking about it. I know, I know. And I, I'm even, I, and I'm offering them to you. The uh, and and, and the uh, yeah. Oh, I gotta. Re- we gotta talk about that after the show. <laughs> speaking, right. speaking of salty, uh, and we um, and and I love the little uh, homage to the. Uh, What's to the, the main station it's on? Nickelodeon. Yeah. Is that two ninety nine on Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's in the two nineties. I think it might be two ninety nine. Yeah. All right. 
You uh, got to see it in HD. It's wait, gorgeous. Jason Biggs is one of the voices. Yes, Sean Astin's one of the voices. Yes, and, he cries a lot. And uh, <laughs> and, and Wacko, Mr. Frodo, uh, Rob Paulson. Yes. All right, I'm gonna hook this up, man. It's a DVR. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's it's hot, man. I'm going front. Okay. You know, not not only that, but you know what? What's crazy is is that you know because some of us you know still collect the action you know certain act, certain action figures from time to time yeah. and and uh, like when Rondo. um. Oh yeah. Oh, but of course, of course. But like um, when the turtles, new turtle line came out, and I saw um, Leonardo, I was like, man, this figure's kind of dope. I was like, let me go ahead and just cop this for old time's sake, you know. And so I bought it. I brought it home and I sat it on my desk. It was still in the package. And one night, where when I was recording a podcast, I, you know, we took a break, and I looked at I looked at the action figure. I was like, man, it's so dope. I need to take this out the box. <laughs> and I took it out the box and literally for like a week I would be at my desk and anytime I was at my desk I would start playing with it. I'm yeah. like, yo, I'm a grown ass man. Why am yeah. I playing with this? Oh, there's no shame in that. <laughs> Dude, you're yeah. going to make, make me take out the Donatello. Oh, you yo, didn't take that out? I, it's still sitting right here you on top need of my, to. top yeah. of the PS3. No, like I got so hyped. I got so hyped with that Leonardo. Lee came and she was like, <laughs> you have lost your mind. You have not stopped playing with that. So then I was like, yo, we got to get them all. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I cop Raphael, yeah. I cop Michelangelo. And then when I got sick, I was sick for like about two weeks last year and just like laid up in bed. And like, I'm out cold. I wake up and like, there's like that last turtle, you know, on the bed that like my wife just left. Oh, oh look at that. So, uh, so yeah, man. So they're all open. They're, in, they're all open and like they're standing next to my, uh, Star like original Star Wars Kenner uh, Luke Skywalker X Wing fighter pilot figure. It's a crossover. Oh, nice. There you go. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Did you uh, migrate to the larger figures too? Because I think they're they're nine inch ones. The, the bigger ones they're gorgeous. I, I, I want to get them. I want to the get them, but with the with the uh, shell that opens up. Vince the loves nine inches. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He don't get it much, but he loves it. Um, I would li- I would like to cop them, but like right now, it's just like one of those things oh, where yeah. like it's. Uh, I only have money for like certain things right now, so I have to kind of put that on hold. Unless a joint has layaway. If a place got layaway, I ain't gonna front. <laughs> yeah. I'll still use layaway. All right, but I'm not gonna front on it. The, That's the how I survive. Toy prices are crazy these days. Keeping it real. The, the right. Marvel Universe figures nine ninety nine for those yeah, little dinky figures. Oh yeah, it ain't dude. Happen. Even more than that, like those little tiny cheap ass like Transformers that are like the size of GoBots. They're yeah. like eight bucks now. Yes, they are. And did you see? Uh, my son's heavy into the wrestling now. The little. Um, Plastic figures—they they can't be more than two inches tall. They use yeah, they're like the um, they're the same, like they're like the superhero squad size, right? Guys. Like the Transformers guys. They, yeah. they used to be used to get a pack of uh, I believe three for like five something. Now they're like four ninety nine a piece. Yeah, no, I know it's well, crazy. My son Jackson's been trying to get up on them because he, you know, we're in, he's been watching the wrestling and uh, yeah, no, they're yeah, now toys are expensive these days. Right. You know? I told him the yeah. only one we're going to buy is Seamus. The rest of them can go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> the bro kick. I love Seamus, but let's not go there. Um, hey, let's take a. Do we have a, a live tweet for we'll from do Mr. It, Pryor? We have some Sean Pryor inspired live tweets. Nice. Sweetness. So let's uh, let me roll back here. Let's see here. Um, well, Julian, I think Julian Lytle, who uh, is part of uh, the affectionately known Team Tundra, along with Sean and yeah. Taylor Pithers and uh, Tribe One, they 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 often. Do podcasts talking about hip hop and forget about their their boy Woodrow? But no, hold, right. no, no, hold up, hold up, Wood. Now. You know you're oh, honorary oh. member of Team Sounds. Um, yeah, Sean, Sean, he, oh, he seems hey. to have selective memory tonight. 
Well, it, well, you know, I was not when he's shitting that. on people. I was, gonna, I was gonna bring that up. So, um, so who's who's been on Black Box? <laughs> oh, One of these things, oh, two of these things, is not oh, like the other. Yeah. Right, well, so, well, the thing is, no, but here's the thing, though. Chris, in, uh, there's this unwritten rule: you can't have more than one country boy on an, on a podcast, and and Sean is the host, so he's. Yeah. You can't be on it too. Besides, he'd spend the whole entire episode just explaining things to me. Now, what are you talking about there? I'd have to. What is that? I, I wouldn't get it. Yo, but that's real cool. talk. Real talk. Like Vince, I gotta get you on the show with Julian so we could talk about Super Sentai. Ah, oh, yeah. That's what you and should. Have when when, Super when you're ready to talk about Wu Tang, that's when you get Chris on. <laughs> or the Rizzo. <laughs> I will talk about the RZA all day long. <laughs> that's that's one thing on which I can always. Depend. Yeah. Whenever I tweet something that's even remotely manga or, or Sentai or Kaiju, Sean always comes back with a reply. Always. Oh. And Julian, too. By the way, Vince, it is Julian's – it's his goal in life right now to get you to learn and use the word ratchet. Ratchet? In <laughs> in what context? Well, part of the goal will be you understanding what the context is without having to ask, but – uh, a ratchet is like what you use to fix like something right? around the girl. Talking uh, transformers. Uh, uh, a uh, a crazy sort of uh, a crazy girl. So my wife's a ratchet. Mm, a little more, little more. Well, your wife's not very street. She's got to have a little more street cred to her than wife. Yeah, she's not street at all. Nah, she's more alleyway. I, I mean, I, well, I'm trying to. <laughs> Let's, 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 am I getting it right, Sean? I mean, I'm trying to break it down to Vince terms. I mean, well, like, well, Ratchet, oh, for the stupid, is what you're saying. You got to talk slow? No, no, no. no. Ra- he's got to talk redneck, apparently, he, yeah. if he's going to explain it to me. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> Ratchet just doesn't apply to, like, a female um, that, like, has mad issues or, like, or is, like, quote-unquote ghetto or uncivilized. It could also be, you know, a person that is uncivilized, like that dude... That is playing their music too loud at like seven thirty in the morning. You know, it's just like just 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 stupid people. You know, either ignorant, stupid, just you know, ain't right in the head. You know, or like I said, just mad ghetto. Um, you know, your terms and mileage with it may vary, but um, you'll you'll have people like my my uh, brother um, who follow like I, I see him on Twitter. I think I see him on Twitter more than I do in real life. <laughs> Like every like every third tweet will finish with like hashtag ratchet because he's talking bad about somebody. I'm like, dude, come on, quit cracking on people. He's like, I can't help it. I have to expose the real. And that's just what he does. But um, it's 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 a term that, you know, like I said, your mileage may vary on it and your understanding. It will take some time. But once you get it, it's like it's just embedded in your brain. But um, but no. Before that question, because I know I know Wood had that question. Chris, I just want to let you know. I need to reserve a time for you sometime in like August, cause mm-hmm. like I got like some like trade paperbacks of like some old Marvel books that like I need some help with, like uh, this Omega the Unknown from the seventies. Oh. <laughs> See, you're, like, you're you're getting Vince all titillated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yo, I, I copped a copy of Half Price Books. It's the complete Omega the Unknown for two dollars. Oh my goodness. Wow. And, um, yeah, man. So, like, I know, like, cause I know, like, you know, Vince, Vince is very eclectic. You know, he likes reading, like, a little bit of everything. But, like, I also know that, like, you know, Chris will, like, go back to the old school Marvel and be like, listen, we need to talk about this time when, like, when this BS happened or, like, or when this, or when this dropped. So, like, when I saw well, that, I was like, I thought of Vince B and I thought of Chris. I was like, yo, $2, I gotta cop this. You need oh. to. Yeah, it's a great yeah. series. 
I, I would say it's um, Gerber's most personal work. Wow. Yeah, really? yeah. That's because um, remember when? Jeez, uh, who did the uh, the the Omega the Unknown uh, relaunch? Uh, the one with uh, Dalrymple. Da- Farrell uh, Dalrymple. Yes, yeah. when uh, Gary Panner actually had a bunch of pages in one issue. There was a little bit of static out there because that that's pretty much. Uh, Gerber's, it, it, as much as, um, Howard is, is Gerber, that Omega the Unknown series is very, very, uh, intertwined with the, the actual person of Steve Gerber. So, yeah. Yeah, there you go. It's a great series. You should definitely read that. Okay, yeah, no cool. doubt. Yeah, no doubt. yeah. But you know, with the, with all these little these these words that you guys drop, I think I know what my problem is. Uh, it, it, there's a huge social component to that that is required to learning that stuff. Like you just can't sit in a room and pick up that stuff. You right. know what I mean? And I am not the most social of of people. It, it it even it, it doesn't pain me, but I'm very awkward in in social settings because I don't do it much other than once a week with you guys, right? So yeah. I'm at a loss. I don't. I just, I'm not. My wife's not going to come in the ho- you know after work and say ratchet. It's just not happening. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's where that's my uh, my handicap there. Uh, yeah. Okay. I think <laughs> I, I think we get it. It's on the direct TV, right? Yeah. Of yes. Course. There you go. All right. So, what was this right. question that we had? Well, it's from Hassan, and he uh, he directs it to, to yeah to us all. He says, uh, "What's your favorite cartoon from your childhood?" Oh, wow, cheaper. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I got one. Well, why don't you go ahead. give it to us? Uh, yeah, Thumbdar. Wow. There oh, you go, yes. Kirby. Okay. Alex Toth. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. Kirby. Kirby. Yeah, I'd have to go with Jason on this one. I gotta say, wacky races. Well, that's, yeah, that's my. Gen- I mean, I don't know if that would be my number one favorite, but that is definitely in my top five. Yeah. For sure. I had all the models. I had all the the. Uh, I don't know if they were Matchbox or Hot Wheels or whatever. I had all the metal cars. I had like everything. Uh, that did was, I tell you? I bought a gold key wacky races number one recently. You did. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Did you, uh, Jason? Did you see the? Uh, I think it's Peugeot. The the wacky races uh, commercial. Yes, yes, the new yes, <laughs> ridiculous. yes. That is ridiculous. Yeah, it is awesome. It's what? Yeah, you've been seeing the live action Peugeot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I wouldn't say Wacky Race is my number one. I mean, if I'm doing number one, it has to be GI Joe. Yeah, That's, okay. That yeah. for me, but but uh, but again, I, I'm a fan of '80s cartoons in a big way. So it's yeah, it's it's hard for me. It's hard to I pick mean, just one, but yeah. I, I, uh, I, oh, no, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. no go ahead. You know, it's difficult for me, too, because, yo, like, I'm, like, strong when it comes to, like, G.I. Joe, like, you know, 80s Turtles. Yeah, that stuff is real campy. Um, but I tell you what, like, two cartoons that, like, really struck a mark with me and one and, like, two and, like, this one is influenced by Jack Kirby and Gil Kane, the Centurions. Yes. Oh, yeah. That, that was my joint. It had one of the hottest opening intros in cartoon history. It's like, yo. Take this budget. We're gonna take the whole the whole sixty five episode budget, and we're gonna put it in this intro. It's truth, uh, yeah. And it's like, yo, it's, seriously, it's what if Harrison Ford, Clint Eastwood, and Tommy Lee Jones were superheroes with power suits? <laughs> the shit is raw. I love that cartoon. <laughs> that, I can know, listen that, to you talk all night. That <laughs> it's weird. Like, you know, it's funny. I I didn't that cartoon and like uh. The Inhumanoids, and oh like, yeah, they they always felt weird to me. They felt like yeah, right. That's the thing. 
Yeah, but it always felt like a little uncomfortable. And I think it was because I didn't cars. want the toys. I didn't want the toys for those cartoons versus some of the other cartoons <laughs> I wanted the toys. Oh, I still have them. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm still mad. At, I'm still mad. I, I uh, as a kid, I got rid of my Centurions, but like it's just that was such a creative period um, in the '80s for cartoons. I mean, it was just like, hey, it was completely unfiltered. It, it's it's beautiful. But um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm interrupting others. Your Amazon wish list is like chock full of '80s cartoon box sets. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, and and thanks to and thanks to you, Jason, I got that Challenge of the GoBots. Um, like uh, oh, that's right. Challenge of the GoBots, a limited series, a cartoon before they became like a full fledged series. I actually watched that um, a couple days after Christmas and uh, enjoyed the nostalgia. So thank nice. you. You got it, brother. Uh-oh. So did we all answer. David, uh, I, I, I mean, as far as growing up, it would probably be. I still will to this day. Will sit and watch Looney Tunes, and and that's. That's what I think of when I think about Saturday morning cartoons. Even mm-hmm. though there was, there was Blue Falcon Dynamite. There was there there, there was uh, there, there, there was the Batman. I mean, there were all these Spider Man's Amazing Friends. But mm-hmm. coming home from school or before school in the morning, uh, the one thing always jumps out at me, and I probably remember this better. Or I, I think it's better than it actually is if I were to sit down and, and find old episodes of it. But I always think about Bionic Six. Yes. yes. And Great. I always think about Robotech. I knew yes. someone was going to say Robotech, and I'm glad you did. Got the whole box. <laughs> you, you need downstairs. that. You need to say yeah. Robotech, Macross Saga. Oh, yep. those cartoons yes. are great. Yes. Way, way too adult for kids. And that not so much in terms of content, but the complexity of the of the story. Oh, yeah. yeah, it yeah. was it was over a lot of the heads of a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's because it's Japanese. It's better than us. <laughs> so, so Mr. Brannigan would like us to talk about who, which comic character inspires us the most and why. Cyclops. Uh, <laughs> yeah, really. Anyway, uh, 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 Peter Parker. The original Spider-Man, not the new Superior Spider-Man, but I would say it did. At one time, it would have been Hal, but you know, it's always been Hal, David. It's always Hal. It's, 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 yeah. These days, it would. It, my gut reaction reflex is 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 Spider-Man. Well, and what about the end? Why part? And why it's um, because he there were. Parallels to a degree as far as school, but it was, um, you know, I, I was primarily raised by my dad. Uh, so, you know, Peter had his one guardian and, mm-hmm. um, but the whole, I mean, yeah, with, with it, as cliche and corny as it is, but, but the whole, you know, with great power, there's just, there's things that, you know, I do in my day to day life whether it's work whether it's home whether it, it doesn't matter when i just i kind of take that with me so it it really is i don't like stop and think what, what would spider-man do it's just one of those things though as, as reading him over the years that's just how i i see things i can get with that who's next vince oh geez i don't i'm still thinking I, I my answer would depend on when the character uh, who was writing the character at the time 
You know, mm-hmm. Peter Parker's awesome, but on, at the hands of a, a not so great writer, he's you know he's just another character. But well, the, I, I'm still I'm still thinking. Go ahead, somebody else go. All right. Uh, well, for for me, it's vibe. No, I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's great with the ladies. He's the greatest breakdancer in all the land. He's got the parachute pants. Yeah, it's probably aphrodisiac. Nice. <laughs> nah, I, I'm still thinking to myself. I, I'm. I'm uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm inspired by comic book characters. To be honest with you, I've always found them in- appealing, obviously, but I don't know yeah. that I've ever like identified with one. like. You know, I mean, I look at my favorite characters, and I don't think any of them are inspiring to me. Like, I don't aspire to be a a uh, midget. Uh, 150 year old samurai assassin mutant. I mean, I don't know that that's uh, something I aspire to be. I think midget's a strong, strong word. Well, he's diminutive. Anyone <laughs> sub five five is like a midget to me. Uh, Puck. Well, well I no, also Puck, don't know Puck, that I aspire Puck, to be a, uh, a little insane assassin who likes to quip and break the fourth wall. <laughs> Puck is pretty uh, awesome in Uncanny X Force. He really is. He's he is. funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who inspires me as a comic book character? Dang. You know it's what tricky. story trope inspires me, and it's it's a uh, a it's present in all of my favorite series. Uh-huh. The um, let's just say in this case, being out of time, that's kind of thrown into a world that they didn't make. Cable. Like like command, right? Commandy. Is, yes. is, is a kid that's, that's thrust into this brutal, savage planet ruled by, um, sentient animals, uh, tigers right. and bears and leopards and, oh and gorillas. And then you have Howard, who's, who's sure. taken from his world and, and thrown into this, this crappy ass society and he doesn't John understand. John Carter, it. Buck Rogers. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, I love it's that a, story it's element. It's a great, it's a great trope. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, yeah it's, I, I was watching John Carter the other day. I still I, think that's a great movie. Oh, it's a fantastic movie. Yeah, fantastic movie. And uh, and the the Marvel comics that they put out were were fantastic as well. Um, the the new ones with uh, with Ramon Perez. I haven't read many of the uh, many of the old ones. The originals but, are pretty damn good too. Yeah, uh, it's yes. you know, good, you know, really good source material. Uh, you know, it's any of the for me it would be any of the uh, the Silver Age Marvel characters. I mean, you had. Um, so many great messages, you know, even, you know, Professor X and, and Peter and just, you know, the, the, uh, the, the exploration of the Fantastic Four and their, um, their lack of fear of the unknown. And yeah, it's the, the sil- that, that, that small pocket of, of early Silver Age, uh, Marvel stuff is really inspiring. And, you know, coming out of the Atomic Age and, uh, just, uh, moral. It was a lot of moral compass stuff. Whenever you go back and read it, yeah. yeah. Um, for me, when I was younger, like during, like you know, as a kid slash teenage years, it was uh, James Rhodes, aka Rhodey. There we go. Rhodey. When he when he was Iron Man during, like you know, like the you know, like the um, short lived like Bob Layton time to like the mm-hmm. Luke Luke McDonald time. Luke McDonald. Time, Luke Danny Mc- O'Neill, Luke McDonald. Yeah, Bill Ray. yeah. McDonald. With with inks by a Ken and Garvey. Don't a Ken and Garvey sound like an R&B group? Yep. <laughs> yep. You know, they, they were slick. They opened up for show to see in London last month. <laughs> see, there you go. Uh, they, but, they worked uh, wonders on Sal Buscema in Not yes. that they would have to, but oh, they, their finishes in, on ROM were so yeah. smooth. Oh, oh yes, they, yes, they were. They are still, like, so... They, nobody talks about a Ken and Garvey when it comes nope. to, like, anchors. It's true. 
no one talks about them. I You're mean, right. they they made like because Luke Luke McDonald is is a great artist, but they somehow just like put that extra touch on his line work, and it just made it glorious. But but like for me as a kid, when I saw Rhodey in Secret Wars, I was like, wait a minute, hold up. First off, I didn't I didn't even know who Rhodey was. I was like, wait a minute, what's this black dude doing in the Iron Man outfit? Okay, because I had the Iron Man action figure, and it came with that shield, and it was Tony Stark. And I'm like, wait a minute, this book says it's a black dude. Okay, what's going on? And and my and my mom was like, okay, let's go find out. And this is why I love my mama. See, because she is the one who can honestly, who I can honestly say, got me into comic books. That's awesome. And she was like, and I remember her words specifically. She was like, "Come on, baby, let's go get some answers." And ah, she, that's and, awesome. And we went to when she found me a comic book store in Cincinnati because there because this is why I used to live in Ohio as a kid. Um, we lived in Middletown. We had to drive forty minutes out to Cincinnati. We found a comic book shop. I brought this issue of Secret Wars, and I was like, "Who is this dude in the Iron Man outfit?" And the guy was like, "That's James Rhodes, aka Rhodey." I was like, "Do you have any comic books with him?" He was like, "I sure do." And like my mom bought me like six, and I was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" Okay, this dude is taking the place for Tony. Okay, this is great. And um, you know, it's like I really identify with him because it's like, yo, there's somebody that looks like me that is in a comic book and he's a hero. I'm like, this is fucking awesome. Yep. You, you know, mm-hmm. it could it couldn't be you know th- that like blew my mind. And then you know, and then you know, you get older. And, and he he was a black character, and the word black wasn't in his name. That's right. Exactly. Black guy. Or or you know or you're or you're not named after like a state like a, a stereotype like rage. Yeah. Um <laughs> y- you know, we won't we won't talk about that right now though. Um we'll let that go. But I just remember that being such a big deal. And then when I got older, um it became Sean, not that but have you heard that Rage? Apparently, a lot of there's a lot of rumors that Rage is going to be one of the characters on the uh, the new Joss Whedon Shield show. Yeah, I heard. I, I heard about that. And you it's going to be played by the dude that played Gun in. Uh, yeah. Oh, Jay August Richards. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's yes. awesome. And you, you, yo, man, Joss Joss Whedon is getting his getting his people work. I'm all for it. You know, I'm I'm all for it. You know, I'm like you know, I I really hope that show's good. I really do, and I'm looking forward to it. Though I'm not, I'm not going for like that's the one Marvel thing I can say. Yo, you know, you you will get my time for this because I want to see what you're trying to do with this. Right. Um, but now, older now that I'm older, it's Mr. Terrific, and the only reason why is because to me, Mr. Terrific symbolizes how I feel about working in the comic book industry. Um, or business because it's not an industry anymore. It's just a business. Industries boom and create mad, mad jobs and like flourish to the point where almost anybody can be successful. This is more of a business now. Um, you know, it's, it, you know, the ties have changed over the last 20 years. It's much smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cats ain't selling a million books no more. You know, you know what I mean. Like we, we're, we're small fries now, all all across the board. Right. Um, but the manipulation of the characters outside of the business has become an industry. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, you hit that right on the head. Yeah. It, it's just that like I looked at Mister, I looked at Mister Terrific, and like I see this dude. You know, he's intelligent, he's strong. You know, he's smart. He's got like he's super savvy, and like, and to me, like some of Jeff John's best writing 
was when he brought the character into the JSA mm. up until John's left JSA. And then after that, I didn't want to read any more issues because I was just scared that the next dude would just put Mr. Terrific in the background. Mm-hmm. And and like, you know, because like he's that only he's that only he's that only brother that is not stereotypical. Um, you know, he just he has a voice. And I just like, man, this is wonderful. And he just stood out. And the and the moment in Infinite Crisis when um when like, you know, Batman was like talking to him. And he's talking about those T spears and like, you know, Mr. Terrific is like, yeah, I built those, da da da, did this, did this, and Batman was like, what you did, what? And like, I just, you know, I'm just like, yeah, he went, you know, yo, he's just as smart as you, bats. You know what I mean? <laughs> that did you, uh, you me did, did you read um, Rucker's Checkmate? I had in my it's in my Regina pile. <laughs> you as a as a Mr. Terrific fan, true. you need to read that book. It you got is it. so good, and he just nails that character it is it, i mean it is it's it's basically kind of a jsa book mm-hmm. uh and there's jsa members and he plays a huge role in it he and he and alan both scott okay. it's oh. a very pretty book too nice yeah okay. yeah it's great yeah all, all right well one of my favorites of the last decade that's cool i'm, I'm gonna move it up the regina pile then. nice You'll dig it. While we're on the subject, one of the uh, characters I really don't care for, and it's it's one of Bendis's favorite, uh, that's Luke Cage. I I, hmm. I I can find very little to like about Luke Cage. I mean, the origin with the origins Sweet of the character. Really? I, I know, but see, that's part of the the reason why I don't like it. I understand that that's the the, the origin of the character was was steeped in black exploitation. He was made in the, created in the seventies yeah. with with the chains and the afro. But there's just something inherent about the character that I just don't like. I I don't know what it is. And I I think that's one of the reasons why he's uh, one of the reasons why I am really not enjoying uh, Age of Ultron because Bendis always has to use Luke Cage. There's there's nobody else you can use. He's a great character. You, You won't mind the second half of Age of Ultron. No, I'm I'm past the I'm past that. I'm up to the part where uh, uh, Susie. And uh, it yeah. takes the front and center, and that—that's okay I, with I me. I actually think my answer is they, uh, they kill more people than a Game of Thrones wedding <laughs> in that book. <laughs> uh, spoilers! It's you spoiling shit. Um, my, uh, I think my answer is Black Panther. There you go. That's a cool because, character, yeah. and, and it's because I too am a am a uh, very physically fit uh, black man uh, and sovereign ruler. No, it's because uh, <laughs> the thing I always liked about him is uh, he's. He's stealth, you know, like he's he's unbelievably competent. He's super wealthy, super successful, brilliant, but it's stealth. He, like, doesn't, he doesn't flaunt, flaunt it. it. No, like no, exactly. It. Right. He he is what he is, and it's only to serve the needs of his people. Like it's not like he doesn't. He's not like Tony Stark. He doesn't need to have be out there and showing the world how badass and how smart he is. He's not like Reed when he has to, you know, flaunt it and you know say, look how you know. It's just he just. He uses his vast abilities and resource just to further his own and his people's interests. And that's mm-hmm. always been super cool to me. Like, it's always been like, he's that dude. He's like the guy, he's like Barry Sanders. He's the guy who was the best in the game, but when he scored the touchdown, he just handed the ball to the ref. He didn't do a stupid dance. Like, mm, that's Black right, Panther. And I've right. always respected that. That's how I've tried to handle my business on the professional end. It's just, yes. I go about my business, but it's not, you know, that's just. I, I leave that there, and I'm, you know, at home. I'm, I'm who I am. So while we're on the subject, uh, we got a tweet 
from Mr. Julian Lytle that asked us a question regarding a character that is or, or at least has been uh, associated with Black Panther in the past five, seven years in the Marvel Universe. How many of you have read uh, Brian Wood, Jason's cousin, uh, his his uh, hilariously titled X-Men number one? And also illustrated by the incomparable Olivier Coipel. Right. Yes. Mm. Well, I've read it. I read it. David, did you read it? Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, Sean? I actually, uh, I actually bought it, and I have not read it yet. Oh, okay. And Chris, uh, did you check it out at all? I have not. It's pretty cool. Um, I was very You're shocking su- because you hate Storm. Uh, that's exactly why I was shocked because <laughs> uh, I, I don't have a, a deep love for Aurora. I, I've made that very clear on a number of occasions, but I have to. Say, I am f- far from racist, <laughs> but but I, I have to say, Mister Wood did not write the preachy, snooty, looking down my nose at you, Storm. She was the the Mohawk uh, badass, story. yeah, right, yep. and and that worked for me. But uh, I really enjoyed this issue. Um, just to uh, summarize, just to summarize, it, it brings back a character that was created by Grant Morrison and Lennel Francis Yu back in the New X Men days. Uh, I specifically, I believe, New X Men Annual two thousand and one, right, David. That's the first appearance I think you're right, yes. of uh, John Sublime. Who now, I love, by the way. Me too. I, I like this character a lot. And uh, to, to call him a he is is stretching it a little bit because right. he he is a billions of years old sentient bacterium mm-hmm. uh, with a sister. Yes, uh, a female counterpart. A sister. A sister. Who we see uh, brilliantly see brilliantly illustrated in the first page. You get these two little bacterium. That are floating around in, in, uh, whatever, and the, the females cast out. Uh, and that's pretty much the, the, the thrust of the issue. His sister, uh, is named Archaea, and, uh, she has similar powers to him. See, Sublime can, uh, once he gets his, his, uh, fingers on you, so to speak, he can take over biological entities, whereas Archaea can take over technology. Right. And, uh. It's like the Wonder Twins. This Archaea is somehow using this child that is currently in the custody of one Jubilation Lee. So we get we get her back again with the same yellow jacket, although she's not wearing it. She's carrying it. But still, she's got that yellow jacket with her. Uh, she's not much, a vamp- to, much to Julian's chagrin, she is still a vampire. Yes. She, she uh, is still a vampire. See, they, I, they yes. didn't mention any of that. No, which is fine. But she's she out is. in the she's day. Being, she's got it in check right now. They They got her... They, they they did one of those uh, MacGuffins where she can now basically keep herself. And check. and it, mentioning that she's a vampire doesn't play into this part of the story, so it doesn't. It, it it's fine that it's right. not. It, it's not a Claremont hit you over the head with yeah. this is who everybody is and what they can do. But that's, hit the ground running, you know. Okay, that's these, good to know, though. I'm glad you guys mentioned that. Because I, I I haven't read any of that stuff, but so Archaea is using this child that that uh, Jubilee's uh, toting around, and uh, while while she's on a on a train, she sparks uh, an, an intercom or uh, some kind of piece of technology, and the shit hits the fan. Um, but I mean, all this goes back to Bastion, all of it. 
Be because, um, well, I won't spoil it for uh, Mr. Pryor or, or Chris, but at uh, end of the issue, Archaea melds with another character that was influenced by Bastion back in the in the days of the the, the Weapon X uh, project. And it, it's very cool. Um, I, I, there's something about Yu's art. I, I just find he the man is extremely fluid, gorgeous. Uh the, the, the one of the panels that really got me going, and it, it's just a, like a little incidental panel with the baby, with, when it? when she's holding the baby, and the baby has this shit-eating grin. I love that panel. Uh, while they're on the train, and the baby, the, like she, the, um, Kitty's playing with the baby, and you just see this goofy yeah. little happy little grin on the baby. It's like, damn, how does how does somebody get that good? Quapel is an absolute beast mode, dude. Yes. He is oh, six, did I six, say six. you? You did, yeah. I'm sorry, Quapel. You, you created John Fine back the, in the day, but yeah, in, I was thinking the, of uh, yeah, right, right, right. But, yeah. but I mean, Quapel and Storm, majestic. Uh, everybody not, looks fantastic. And, no, I, I mean, think everybody. Yeah, exactly. And I the, mean, the, I the think, breast size are uh, the breast sizes are kept very much in check, which is great. Like Storm is not packing thirty eights. You know what I mean? Right. It, it's she's almost petite in this book, which is great. And he had a number of instances where he could have, you know, oh, yeah. really, really up mm -hmm. the cheesecake factor. Like we see, uh, there's there's ample cleavage in this book, sure, yes. but it's not egregious. I, I, same thing with Rogue. You draw Rogue, a lot of guys will, will emphasize the the TNA on Rogue, and not here. Mm -mm, it's not happening. No, I, I um had I mentioned it. I think to Jason, I, I mentioned it on online where it had we if we had an in your travels last week that would have been my pick it was it it, it was absolutely i didn't have i don't want to say i didn't have any expectations i mean it's brian wood and i've been enjoying his assessment work and and we know what quapel can do and and when morales is thinking him even and, and it's just it i knew i was going to like it at least visually and i'd probably enjoy the story but i thought from start to finish it was just it i i need the next issue now i need to know where we're going from here uh the whole setup i mean having having jubilee followed by sublime and 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 everybody interacting with each other the the ticket agent at the airport and then um when he's being interrogated even rachel summers wasn't annoying it was all just a really <laughs> right. One it, one one of the things that uh, took me aback was Mercury, because she does not look anything uh, like uh, the way Carlos Pacheco drew her back in um, what was the name of that series? Extra, uh, New X Men Academy. Right. Oh. No, but even before that. Um, Young X Men. Yeah, uh, could be. Well, well, she was she was the the prototypical uh, ex babe, like you know, busty, very curvaceous. This looks like a child, the the way uh, Quapel draws her. Which is cool. I mean, you know, different takes. But uh, that, I, I had a, Is that the same Mercury, really? Yeah, I guess so. And who's this Bling character? Is—is <laughs> uh, uh, is, uh, she's in um, Wolverine and the X Men, isn't she? Yeah, she's right. Exactly. Oh damn! That's okay. Gotcha. Uh, so so, so I mean, many it's, X -Men. and 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 right and and so the schools open and, and you have all and so this is this takes place at. The Gene Gray Institute. It's it's all you know. It it it's all under Wolverine's X Men corner of of the universe and a whole lot of kitty going on. And there's the and which, yeah. And but it just it's 
you know, whether you're reading Wolverine and the X-Men or you're reading Uncanny X-Force, which has a quarter of this team in it, it yeah. it's just, you know, there's, but it's not... Integrated is the word I like. Yeah, but see, it, it's a little, you could even, this could be, um, like Astonishing used to, when, when, when Whedon was writing it, it was the whole, you know, it, it, it's flittering between the raindrops, and, and it, you don't have to know where this fits in continuity-wise, just, this is the team that he's playing with, and this, this works because I'm not focusing on, it's, it's, it's a little different than when you have the Avengers, and you're trying to figure out how Wolverine or Iron Man, can, well, we explained Iron Man, and being in different places because of the recent Avengers issue. But, right. you know, this was just a little different because it also kind of, as I'm reading it, it just feels like it's almost like it's, it's, it's a Wednesday afternoon for these characters. It was and it's terse, just, wasn't it? It was, it was just, there wasn't a big event leading up no. to it. There wasn't anything you needed to mm-hmm. know beforehand. Mm-hmm. It's just like, so I just, I just thought it was, it, it was almost like it was just a breath of fresh air. It was just, it was different. It was presented differently. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I really did enjoy this first issue. Suffice well, to say, that, though, if you're an X person in the Marvel universe, your your day is pretty damn full. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it what you're saying is exactly right. And the things that I really lo- loved about the issue are that, uh, I mean, in addition, just riffing off, building off what you guys are saying is that, you know, one of my favorite things when I was getting into the X Men back in the day was I loved those. You know, there'd be some, some, you know, there'd be a big arc, and then you'd have that episode where they're just like chilling at the mansion, playing baseball, playing, playing baseball, playing baseball, yep. or volleyball, or just by the pool. You know, and it's like if you're Jim it, Lee, it's basketball. Yeah, it reminded you that they were a family. You know, they lived together. This was their lives. They weren't just like you know on call. They, they, you know, they, they were each other's family. And I got that sense from this book. You know, like it's like Jubilee, who they haven't seen in a long time, or at least have you know she, but but she picks up the phone. She's in need, and they're there for her. You know, it's like. It's like it's you know it's like like many of us I'm sure have family members that we're maybe not as close with, or you know maybe we're kind of fuck, fucked up a little bit. But you know when they when they need us we're there because they're family. Right. Or you have friends like that. And that's what this was like, you know. And it just felt. The other thing is John Sublime, as you alluded, Vince is a complicated character. Sure. Yeah. And I thought that I mean even though I think I've read most of John Sublime's appearances, I felt like you didn't need to. That, that Brian would Thank gave you. you gave you what you needed to know about John Sublime. Like mm-hmm. you could have read this without ever knowing that John Sublime was an X Men comic before, right? And you you got enough from the way he described him to understand the point of this story. And yeah. I think that's not an easy thing to do. Like you say, when you're talking about a guy that was a Grant Morrison creation that has you know been a you know he's he's possessed lots of characters. He's he's he was you know he's a, like you said a bacteria. I mean he's he's uh, you know he's he, and, and a lot of his appearances have been in kind of like third tier X books like he was a he was a big villain in War Song the the either War Song or End Song I forget which one but the you know one of the Phoenix miniseries he was he was one of the main villains in uh in the um, like the Mavericks Weapon X books you know but 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 he hasn't been like the main villain in like uncanny or adjective lists I don't think so it's been a I while. really appreciated yeah. it. I really appreciated that he did. They did it that way, and uh, and Wood is pretty smart because the whole um, let's cast the female out billions of years ago that meshes really well with the entire concept of the book, mm-hmm. where where you have a team of just females. And here's a cool thing too about Wood. Aside from the fact that he's my cousin, he is <laughs> so not like say. a. He's not like you know like our like our buddy Jeff Lemire, who kind of 
became known in the comic world for writing a really personal independent work, but is now doing a ton of superhero work. As we know, he's always been a superhero comic fan. Brian Wood is not. Like, Brian Wood did not no, grow not up really. reading superhero right. comics. He's an indie guy through and through. But that he, has evolved. he has I mean, written his fair share of superhero books. Though. No, but now oh, yes. he has. But he wasn't a fan, I'm saying. He didn't, you know, Remender grew up reading the same comics we, we read, and he loves right. the stuff. You know, uh, Jason Aaron, same thing. Jeff Lemire, same thing. Um, Scott Snyder, same thing. The, 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 Brian Wood was an indie comics kid. He, he didn't grow up reading this stuff. So to have such a good grasp of the voices... Of these characters is is to me a little extra impressive. Oh, I right. you know. he's, a, he's, a, he's a good writer. He knows well, how to play right. the game. And you know, speaking sure. of that, think, dude, talk about one of the hardest working men in comics. Think about what he's doing right now. He's writing this, the massive. He's writing the massive. He's writing Conan, and he's writing Star Wars. Yep. And he's writing Mara, and he's writing. Um, he's like the comics version of J.J. Abrams. Ultimate X Men. So, so, dude, he's that like is a like a prior. Talk about an eclectic mix of people, right? I mean, like. Conan, Star Wars, and X Men. Like, shoo, that's yeah, a that's a lot of uh, research has, right there. Has, have you guys been keeping up with the Star Wars? Um, I read the first issue, which I dug. Me too. I, yeah, I dug, same here. I, did, see, I, did, I thought I thought the first issue of Star Wars was kind of boring. Oh, really? So, mm. Yeah, yeah. I, nothing happened. I mean, the trade's on its way, so I'll yeah. have more to say. When I, I, I may I may take a look at it again. And but, his uh, his the, the Ultimate X Men, especially with the Mahmoud art, has because uh, I I know very little about this current incarnation of, of ultimate x-men and and i'm just you know they're they're in savage land and i it looks great i know nothing about what came before it but i'm i'm cool with this arc as as i'm slowly reading it that uh it's just but it's still it's different than the other things i'm reading by brian wood and and yeah i i love that just no he he has a voice that you could you may be able to tell. Oh, that's a Brian Wood comic, but it's it's subtle. Oh, sure. I got to say though, I think they built the freeway to the Savage Land in the Marvel Universe because they yeah, are they are tromping all over there. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a lot of books use the Savage Land. Motherfuckers gonna start charging rent. Really? They got yeah, a toll booth right. now. Put a toll booth over there. Why it's... not? Just don't get eaten. But you're well, right. well, once you see a Walmart, then you know there's progress. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So running away from a dinosaur and you trip over a shopping cart. Not a good look. So, I read a comic that I, I hinted at Twitter would uh, make David very happy. Yes, you did. And, uh, you know, in this in this new EOC modality where we, we are all gaga for Marvel again, I thought it might be fun to uh, to talk about something from the other side of the big two and something that's old school. There's competition. All right. And, and I timed this, I think, quite perfectly, considering who our guest is this weekend, this week. I read, finally... After much, much patience oh. on David's part. Oh? John Ostrander's Legends. Oh, shit! Oh. Stop playing! Yes. Oh, yes. my God. Which I think like three or four New York Comic Cons ago, we were looking through the bins and David oh, had read this and I'm like, nah, he's oh, like, God, man. read this, dude. And, I <laughs> it. and then I misplaced the issues somewhere in my regime. <laughs> so then I had to get them digitally. And I knew that Sean was coming on, and the reason it's pertinent is that David was on Sean's show yeah, to was. talk about this very book. Yes. And um, I, I got to say, man, it's legit. It's great. It's yeah. it's, it's, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's dope. It's it's. I mean, it is what it is, right? I mean, it's it's. I think you need to either be familiar with or be nostalgic for 
like mid eighties comics, right? Like, well, it's, like it's it's post crisis and it leads into the relaunch of the Justice League. Yes, yes. But what I mean is like it's it's exposition heavy. You know, I mean, yeah. which is fun. But I'm saying like so. But as a kid of the eighties comics, that's that's comfort. Oh, it me. was a meaty goddamn. It, it, those those six issues were were, were dense at the time. Yeah, I mean, I mean and, other- and it, it's you know it was awesome. I mean, bur- you know, burn art it's be- looks beautiful. Yes. Looks beautiful. Uh, you know, it's like a who's who of of characters. You know, yes. you introduced the, the Suicide Squad. Obviously, you oh. got which is uh you know t- you know but you got a uh, Detroit era Justice League, which I think is Sean's favorite era, right, Sean? Yes, yes, it is. Yes, uh, it is. You know, I'm not a big fan of Shazam. Billy hey, Mads. now. Yeah, I know he was. He, he was. He's in up in there front and center. Be- Yo, very, it, it, very tasteful use of Captain Marvel too. Yes. Yeah. Uh, unlike the murder, the, the current crap that's going on. <laughs> we won't. We won't talk. We won't talk about that. No. We just won't. We, we stay in positive Talks right now. Dead, right? It boggles my mind, though. How do you mess up Captain Marvel? How do you do that? Uh, it's, the, it's the big red cheese. He is the big exactly. Red you don't How tug do you on just... Superman's cape. You don't dick with the formula of Captain Marvel. And, and in a way, the book is is kind of evocative of of one of my favorite movies of all time, Trading Places, because ah. uh, Mortimer and Randolph Duke, who are two one percent brothers, basically ruined two guys' lives for the sake of a one dollar social experiment. And that's kind of what's going on in this book, right? Like, yeah. Dark Side's chillaxing. And Phantom Stranger and him basically chillax. <laughs> yeah. So Darkseid decides to try and ruin Earth and ruin all the heroes. And Phantom Stranger's just chilling right next to him the whole the whole damn miniseries. He's playing uh, Watcher. He's playing the kind watch. of, he kind of observes. Yeah. He's like yep. Watu, except like, he's not though. It's like it's like a bet. Yeah. He's like it's like they're throwing bones and In he's like case, all Metron. Right, long. Yo, yeah. and, and uh they're having yeah. McNeil Lara news arguments. I mean, like they have no style arguments <laughs> while this is going down. You're right. You're right. Uh, but no, it was it was cool, man. It was real, real cool. I have to say, like, um, you know, it's real weird, like juxtaposing the notion that I read every single thing that Marvel put out at that time period and have such an identity with it, and then like this is Greenfield for me because it was DC, you know. Like so, I was. So you were not. You you weren't one of the kids who followed Burn to DC? No, no. Okay, oh, okay. Heresy. No, I told you, man. Until like a decade ago, pretty much like a decade ago. No, you're I, right. No, I know. Yeah. I had the only DC I had read up to that point was like Watchmen, like V for Vendetta, um, like Death in the Family, just some random stuff, like nothing, yeah. like kind of that transcendent stuff. So, um, yeah, but it was it was fun, man. It was it was real cool. I, I have to say, like you could definitely feel that it was six issues of a 22 issue like crossover type of thing mm-hmm. yeah like there were like random moments where it was clearly like trying to draw you to get the other books like right. i remember when one issue was like third or fourth issue like uh uh because you know the whole premise of the book for those that haven't read it is dark side's trying to um basically discredit. Get, you discredit the idea of heroes on the earth and uh he's using uh uh glorious godfrey to who's got kind of like the the power of speech to get people to follow him to Who's Stan Lee. No, he is Stan Lee. He is the propaganda piece to mm. talk against heroes and it's having its effect. And uh, then like randomly like though, because it's focusing on, like I said, the justice league and Shazam and those guys, like all of a sudden he's like to, to decide, he's like, well, it's not just about the heroes on, on the, on the, 
the top of the earth there's a there's another part of the earth where there's another hero and and uh it's the warlord of Scartaris and you need to go there and, and mess with him and he's like I'm gonna go do that and then he walks through a portal and that's all that happens and that's the whole sick that's the only time and I'm like that's like begging you to go pick up the warlord series yeah. and read it. Oh, yeah. you know it was yeah, like, those, 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 those are two fun issues the it was kind of a um when when you get to the part with Reagan, it tells you how how timely it is. And, and I'll tell you and, what, Byrne can draw his ass off of some Reagan and some George Bush. Yeah, you're yeah. absolutely. Yeah, he had no problem with that. But it it was the whole, um, you know, because because you had Reagan basically saying, "All right, superheroes, you got you got to go." So it was it was early Civil War. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And it was just you know, and and so you had that 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 one band of of heroes who went against. The executive orders and and uh, and vibe, and then you had, uh, it was just, but the whole thing with, because I I didn't really read the superpowers miniseries, mm-hmm. and 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 even though the Good toys, stuff. Were, yeah. I like the Doctor Fate toy, the um, but so I didn't, aside from the occasional Justice League of America issue, I didn't read a whole lot of Dark Side growing up. I knew the character, I just didn't read everything he was in but but this was you know this kind of explained that you know the the, the dude kind of is is no joke and and yeah. it was um it i just i mean i i got to see burn and 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 kessel which is where i thought that you know this is kind of where it cemented that that as great as terry austin is as as great as dick giordano or or jerry ordway are i i think carl kessel is is burns Best anchor and wow! It, it it looked, the book looked amazing. It was mm-hmm. I was reading and it it paved the way for me to also with Millennium because I think I have almost every Millennium. Oh. Millennium was a bit rough. Yeah, that was rough. A no, bit no, rough. No, no, no. What 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 was rough were the spinoffs after? Right, right. The, the Joe, Joe Staten but, books are great, but yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but I, I enjoy the hell out of Legends. It just it it was it really did. It, it's close to my golden age. It just it, wow. it is You know, it's very apropos that you bring up superpowers because DC recently republished all those. Oh shit! What? Yes, they they <laughs> the, all of them appear in the Jack Kirby uh, Omnibus Volume Two. No shit! Just came oh, out. Yeah, shit. they re- they reprint. It's a massive book. They reprint all of Sandman, uh, the superpowers. There's all those first issue specials in there. Yeah, it's a it's it's a huge honking book. It's like uh, I have it across the room. If you really want to know what's in it, do you want to know what's? That is crazy. Yeah, it's it's awesome. That you know, it's funny. There were two books. There were two books that actually got me hype on DC to make me go back and go get Crisis to then go invest in the rest of DC during that '80s era, Mm -hmm. Legends. And the Jack Kirby superpower stuff. And the funny thing about the Jack Kirby superpower stuff is as a kid, I didn't understand – as a young kid, I didn't understand Kirby. But then when I hit like 11 or 12 and like I just saw superpowers, and maybe it was because also around the same time there was um, the uh, superpowers team, the Galactic Guardians, when they when they changed Super Friends to uh, the, Galactic, the Galactic Guardians mm-hmm. and Cyborg was on the team. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. I didn't know Darkseid was in a comic book. Superpower. This is almost based off these toys. I need yeah. to cop this. And it was all Kirby. I was like, yo, this shit is crazy. And th- then you read Legends, and then you like, Darkseid is the ultimate villain. He's like laughing every third page. Yeah. You know, with the maniacal well, laugh this, and, and the outlined this, teeth. This chiclet teeth, yeah. Dude, yeah. tell me, yes. tell me, <laughs> it would be a great poster to have one of those panels with Darkseid laughing and then just you mad. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little Billy Bathroom. Get a t-shirt made of that. That would be dope. Julian needs to make a t-shirt of that. Julian, hook that up. Yeah. Uh, I, I got the book, just so you know what's okay. in here. They reprint uh, Jack's work from the Black Magic series, which was in the the hold uh, House of Mystery, House of Secrets vein. Um, you get, let's see, wow, that's a lot of black magic. You get, um, wow, there's a ton of black magic stuff in here. Uh, Atlas the Great, first issue special, Manhunter, the Dingbats of Danger Street, uh, the Richard Dragon, uh, Kung Fu Fighter number five. It's a huge table of contents. You get, uh, Cobra number one. Uh, the Sandman numbers one to let's see how that one to six, best of DC number twenty two, and then the superpowers, which is kind of nuts because Jack didn't draw all that. No, didn't um, it was was it Kupperberg? Kupperberg did some of the superpower stuff. Kupperberg wrote it. Okay. Uh, Greg Theakson did some. Okay. And uh, let's see, there's another artist that did it too. Wow, it's crazy how much is in here. No, uh, it looks like uh, Greg Thiexen drew all of the superpowers that Jack didn't do. Okay. Yeah, but I'm like I was saying, um, inks by Vince Coletta on cover art for Super DC Giant. Uh, uh, there's even some Alex Toth in here. So it's 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 the Jack Kirby omnibus, but it's they decided to include all the superpower stuff, right? It's uh, six hundred and. You even get some of the DC Who's Who pages in the back. It's nice. Six, Very six, nice. 624 pages long, hardcover, and it retails for thirty nine ninety nine. Sweet. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. That's almost cheap, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, and it's concussion-sized. Oh, oh, it'll kill you. It will. Uh, take, take someone out with that thing. That's right. Nice. How about another live tweet while we got this going on? Uh, all right, well, Dave Milburn... Indie Rook says, real simple question, guys. Quantum and Woody's reboot, can it match the awesomeness of the original? No. Oh, David. I'm not saying it won't be good, but I can't. I... But you love that book, though. I love the creators, I think, more than I love the book. Isn't it hard for you to, to even accept that maybe the book may... Well, considering the creators now, you got Tom Fowler drawing the damn thing. That's what I'm it's, saying. It's going to look amazing. Yeah. Like, if somebody did a, a modern take on Commandy, it would be really hard for me to accept that. You know what? Maybe, exactly. Maybe this is... Because that's, that's my book, you know? And well, I give it a... Sh- I mean, I would have... I don't know if... But because of my affection for the creators it's different than like if you know, could archer and armstrong match the awesomeness of the original it it might have been I, I wouldn't have been quick to say no and i'm glad i wouldn't have had to answer that question because the new archer and armstrong is amazing it is but um, see it i don't think it it has to be as good as and maybe right it's you know like, I, even I, if it I, even if it is as good as, it's a different animal entirely. It'll never right. be yeah, that I book mean, I again. I'm with David. I mean, I think the question is, can it be? Uh, can it match the awesomeness? I don't think it can because I think it's hard to match the original, especially because that value. If it's very good, yeah. we're going to compare it to the original, which mm-hmm. which was more nostalgic for. So, right. But I mean, we don't need to. I mean, Tom Fowler's. We all love him to death. He's an amazing artist. So I love that he's doing it, and I think. 
what little I've read of James Asmus uh, in in his work on Gambit, I, I think he's he's at least from again, it's a small sample size. Seems like a good writer, so I th- I'm expecting the book to be good. I mean, look, Valiant's been killing it. Pretty much yeah. everything they're doing is, yeah. is great. So I, I have high expectations for the book, but uh, it, but I think that's right. It's I don't expect it to hold the same place in my heart that the original did, but right. I do expect it to be quite good. Right. Um, right. And is, I is it unfair to compare? Um, a revival of a series to the original? Not at all. No. How is yeah. that? That's the point of the revival, right? They're not bringing Quantum and Woody back because they think there's a whole slew of new people that want to read it. <laughs> right. Right. They're bringing Quantum Woody back. But I mean, as it, an, it, it was sold during a time where it was just where yeah, weren't yeah. gangbusters anyway. So it's not like right. so they get the dozen people back that bought it originally and a few other customers. So it's not it like depends. right. I mean, Vince, if they brought Commandy back, right? I mean, it'd be rough. Yeah, it'd be rough. rough right. They, it's they, it's every hard. Time but they tried to bring Howard the Duck back, right? It's been rough. And who would they? And what? For what, the what most part, yeah. would they? What Commandy would they try to? Right. To bring back, would they try to invoke the whole the Kirby feel, or would they go to what Ryan was drawing in in, in Wednesday's comics? So, well, I, mean, I they, think it's senseless to bring it back and not do the Kirby feel. I mean, the the, the Wednesday comic strip was nice, but was, but it was, was I mean it was, it, it was no. Kim, uh, Commandy by way of Prince Valiant, which was okay. Yeah. You know? so it was pretty, but yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of like doing Charlie Brown comic comics without Charles Schultz. <laughs> yeah, that's a big beef with me too. Yeah, no, yeah. See, and, and like, and like, and that's kind of a beef with me as well because there are some, you know, there are some books or some comics where you can say, you know what, hey, rotating teams, whatever, whatever, it's fine. But like Charlie Brown was all Schultz through and through. It's not like Garfield. You know, Jim Davis has got a crew. Jim Davis is basically like on a manga type deal yep. where yeah. he's like, yo, he he steps into the office, he's like, hey team. This is what I need this week. Can y'all do it? Bet. Right. All right, let me go cash some checks. And you know, and he's and he's good. I mean, and I'm not hating towards Jim Davis either. No. He earned that. He worked his ass off for that. Sean? I don't hate Jim Davis, man. I don't racist. hate no. <laughs> I don't hate but two feature films, animated series, toys, uh-huh. lunch, and everything. Yeah. Yo, I mean, man, I, I have well, no listen, hatred. You you guys have segued into another EOC question, which is perfect. Because mm-hmm. Brannigan asks us who um, uh, out of all the old school comic strips, What's what were our favorites? What were our favorites, and what would we recommend uh, buying? Okay, so so it's old school to what we were reading, not like old school like Gasoline Alley and Dick Tracy. No, I think yeah, I'm, I'm gonna take it. Uh, I I would say we have artistic license there. I think it's. Yeah. Well, then I I have I have my three then my my Holy Trinity. Okay. A Bloom County, Farside, Calvin and Hobbes. Wow. Uh, awesome. I, I, I have the the Calvin and Hobbes uh, beautiful slipcased editions, and I have the Bloom County Bur- uh, beautiful hardcover. So I'm with you on those. Uh, I love the Far Side. Um, those are all great choices. I I think. Uh, yeah, I, I can't front. On I think those you got to put peanuts in there, though. I think. Yep, you have to. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, but see, I mean, as far as but but, but peanuts was before me, and was still being published after I stopped reading. The, the daily newspaper it was um it was those three i had to read every day and 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 those three hurt when they stopped being, yeah. being published the i i have a few of the library complete library books from bloom county i have the far side um big ass honking tome in in the crawl space i don't have the calvin and Hobbes yet but um i mean i the peanuts is awesome i used to um I used to enjoy um I I'd buy the uh 
the little trades of of Garfield, of Marvin, of yes. I mean, there weren't. There, I used to. I mean. Dad would read the newspaper for the sports section, and I would. I love the Daily News because you had like three and sometimes four pages of comic strips, and I just I I loved it all. I mean, there there's Jumpstart these days. There's there's I mean even Wizard of Id and Beetle Bill. I mean I could go on about comic strips. I I just wow. loved them. I'm gonna I seem mean, really old. Beetle, uh, Beetle Bailey was my joint, though. I'm, Vince is going to be like, Terry and the Pirates. And uh, was, you're uh, not too far and, off. And, and Beetle Bailey with the tie into uh, because his, uh, his, his, uh, cousin of, of, or, or, no, I don't think it was his sister, but High and Lois was yeah, related yep. to, to, to Beetle Bailey. So, I mean, I, I, yeah. Uh, yeah I, 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 funky Winker Bean, for better or worse. I mean, there's well, just. Like, so or, I got three. Oh, go, go ahead, Sean. No, 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 I was just going to throw in there real quick. People forget that, like, Al Williamson did a hellified uh, Star Wars oh, comic yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to mm-hmm. cut those out every day. Yo. I, I would cut them out of the newspaper and paste them on, on, on this, yeah. this uh, handmade book that I made. I, I did the same thing, too, as yep. a kid. I was like, anytime I saw one, I would cut it out. Yep. And, oh, yeah, Spectacular man, that, was, work. that was my joint right there. I have three favorite comic strips. Um, I guess in this order, leading to number one. Uh, Al Cap's... Little Abner. Nice. Windsor McKay's Little Nemo and Slumberland. Uh, yeah. And my all-time favorite comic strip, there will never be a better one, is uh, Popeye. E.C. Seeger's Popeye. There you go. The That is the top. I'm, I love Peanuts. Wow. I love Charles Schultz's stuff, but uh, I don't think it eclipses those three. Yeah. See, for for me, it, I mean, Calvin and Hobbes is the number one by a long shot. Um like, great stuff. I, I, I don't, it, but the one I haven't mentioned yet, and I think deserves recognition. A little bit newer one, but but a classic nonetheless is uh, Boondocks. Yeah, yeah, never yeah. read that. So true. Yes, love it. Christopher, did you uh, say anything? Da- David pretty much covered mine. Wow. I mean, yeah, can you get better than that? Well, yeah, Popeye. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, those were the you know Bloom, Bloom County. You know, you could probably squeeze Doonesbury in there for from our generation. Oh yeah, but that was I mean that was a, a very heavily editorial yeah, that cartoon, was dangerous uh, strip. Yep, I didn't yeah. I mean, all the jokes in air quotes of of Doonesbury, but I mean it, it, Bloom County to me is kind of like what if 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 I don't feel like watching the real news, if I don't feel like, I'll, I'll watch the Daily Show and the Colbert Report to to get what's going on in the world, and that's kind of like a lot of what. The, the political side of things for Bloom County was was for me. I mean, yeah, you had the whole thing with Billy and the Boingers and 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 Steve Dallas and everything that Opus had to go through. But I mean, every once in a while they'd have the the, the political slant, and I was like, oh, you know, and it just presented itself better than I got it easier in Bloom County than I than I yeah. would have I tried yeah. to do. Mm-hmm. The, the strips for me are, are very often a much more comfortable place. Than, than traditional comic books because there there have been a lot of really landmark comic strips like we're, we're, we didn't even mention Pogo mm-hmm. Pogo's oh, incredible yeah, I was never a fan of it but it deserves to be mentioned yeah and then you had the Disney stuff you uh, got Hagar and yeah. oh yeah Hagar Hagar is fantastic Non Sequitur dude I love Non Sequitur Non Sequitur is awesome BC got a little um oh well they got the Family Circus but B- BC had some um that that there were um, I guess there was some blowback with with BC for a while because uh, I guess Johnny Hart had um, he had some issues or he was 
pushing religion on on people from time mm-hmm. to time. So, but I mean, you know, then you can just you can go in and, and read about that. That's when that to me, comic strips is when I truly separate the artist from the art because I don't know anything. When I was reading comic strips, I didn't know anything about any of the people drawing, True. and I in most times it was just one person who drew and wrote it but um i didn't know anything about you know jim davis's life or burke breathed or you know anybody i didn't i didn't want to know i didn't need to know i just i i read my comic strip and i moved on for the next day and i mean and it is just i mean and you had i i enjoyed i enjoyed the experience because i got to see what was going on in the newspaper strip and then compare it to what was actually going on in the comic and and it's one it, it was that whole when you watch the movie and it's like well that's not what happened in the comic book and it, it, the comic strip was very similar to me like that and i just you know i i got to see i always saw stanley's name and then most times it was larry lieber during the week yeah and then uh and 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 alex Abbott these days on weekends but i mean back then you also had john romita senior so i mean it was i just yeah i I love comic strips ton of great ones uh chester gould's dick tracy uh chris mentioned uh milton uh kniff uh steve canyon terry and the pirates i i I love comic strips and that's and and every once in a while i'd get that little little chubby because you'd have (laughs) you'd have uh i said little you'd, you'd have someone in comics Working on the comics, so you, you just mentioned Dick Tracy. Max Allen Collins wrote Dick oh, Tracy yeah. for right, years. Right. And do you know who draws Dick Tracy now? I Unfortunately, I do not. Joe Staten. For real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible. For real. Wow. Is that right? Yep. I mentioned that when uh, I mentioned it when Shunover was on. Because he, he, uh, he, he said he. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. The person who's drawing it as well. He's, yeah. he's, he's planning uh, Staten's demise. That's that's, that's I'll tell it. you what, I am really excited. Uh, there was a Kickstarter campaign a few months ago for a uh, documentary called Stripped, which is all about uh, the great comic strip creators. And I backed it. And uh, I'm, I'm psyched for it. It's going to be. Was that a DVD? I did not know that was out. I didn't either. It's not out. They, they, no, no, you know, I didn't know. I didn't know it was a Kickstarter. I'm so pissed. Yeah, it's going to be uh, 90 interviews, including uh, the first ever interview with Bill Watterson. Uh, wow. Was oh, that a book? The movie. It's a movie. Oh, damn. You, uh, Jim you... Davis, um, Mort Walker, Mike and Jerry, Matt Inman, Ryan North, Jeff Keen, Lynn Johnson, yeah, Zach Wiener, Scott Kurtz. What's that? We're going to have a screening at Jason's house. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't Thanks wait. for telling us about that, buddy. Wait, wait, wait look out. <laughs> Uh, no problem, buddy. Well, I backed the DVD plus digital download, so... Uh, Sweet. All right. We'll be Please talking the hell out of that, then. Yeah. 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 I'll let you know. Uh, and don't forget, there was a Howard the Duck comic strip, too, for a, a, a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Gil Kane drew a comic strip? He did. He did. Star... Hawks. Ra- Star Hawks. Um, why did I say Star Raiders? I don't know. Yeah, because you, you want that Atari 2600. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my son wants to buy one from eBay. Nice. Yeah, he, he he's like, because uh, I, I had. Do you realize what a monster you're creating in your son? I know. <laughs> I, I showed him the the, Dude, the joys, kid, right? Where most kids would be happy with just with toys. You've got him collecting 
super rare Japanese import Sentai. I know, I know, I know. Or Atari 2600 games. You're turning them into J. Tomio Jr., basically. But, but what uh, the deal is, I have, uh, an em- I have emulators. I've shown him the joy of emulation. I said, yes. you can play those games on your PSP or what, you know, let's not get into it, but not you, same, you can play these games. And he's like, nah, dad, I want the original console. He goes to the flea market every week, and there's this guy that has tons of 2600 cartridges. He's like, "We got to buy these." Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. he wants the vintage experience. You got to get up on a job, son. Paperboy <laughs> 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 boy money. Treat him great while they're young. The, uh, Treat um, him like a lady. June um, June Brigman, who co-creator of Power Pack, she oh, yeah. she is the uh, the current well, if it's still being published, but she's drawing Brenda Starr. Oh, oh yeah, she still got yeah. the thing on her cheek, that little the little, the little star. Yeah, mold. yeah, yeah. Whatever. That's I cute. actually put a couple bids in on some June June Bergman Power Pack art on Heritage Auction. No kidding! Wow. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't win, but but uh, are they pricey? Yeah. They, they well, her, her sketch list is kind of high. When uh, yeah, I mean, they weren't pricey like on a relative basis to like a typical Heritage thing, but but still, you know, a couple hundred bucks a page, which I wasn't really. Wow. Okay. You must have been too busy checking out that Kickstarter page for that comic strip. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you, if you if you followed me on Kickstarter like lots of other people do, you would have seen me back at the end of the Yeah, I don't. I don't. Honestly, must have missed it. I'm not into the mechanics of Kickstarter. I just go in, back shit, and and back out. I I I, I have not heard Vince this Lowry's in my entire life <laughs> ever. ever. Ratchet. Yeah, Ratchet. There you go. Bring it all around. <laughs> Oh goodness! Uh, let's see. Take a look at the clock. We got a little bit of time left what are you for uh, Chris. There what? You go. What am I reading? Hey, brother. Oh gosh. Um, I read uh, out in uh, on the trip to L.A. I read almost all of Brubaker's Winter Soldier. Oh, I heard that's good. Yeah, yeah. It's it's no, it's laugh. good. I did. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I prefer to call it Jason Latour's Winter Soldier, but yeah, these days, well, yeah. I, no, I haven't gotten to the Latour stuff. Hmm. I've it's read good. like the. It's good. Is, it, is it okay? Well, it's been canceled. Yeah, I believe the book is. You're right, canceled. It is. It, it, was, it, it was good. It was good. Um, I'm just I'm caught up on Revival from Image. That's uh, our buddies, uh, uh, Celian Norton, and it is. It's 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 really good. Um, I love uh, love every second of it. Um, what else have I been reading? Been uh, catch, catching up on the Archer and Armstrong. Nice. Uh, Did you read Saga Twelve? Oh yeah, of course. God no, damn! Oh my god! Bullshit. <laughs> nah. Yeah. Okay. I won't. Nah. No, it's, Shit. it's good. What else? Um, it's fucked up. Here, hold on. Let me grab the old iPad because I've been, I've been. Mostly anybody read their, uh, while he's looking, anybody read their free comic book day comics yet? No. I read a couple. Yeah, I didn't go to free comic book day. I, I, but, well, well, DCBS gives you five free, but. Oh. Um, I tell you what, I, I'd like to stay on the positive, and I did read a few. Uh, the Star Wars one, the Star Wars one was kind of dope, but mm-hmm. something that caught me off guard because, uh, my local comic book shop, uh, collectibles, et cetera, a fantastic joint. They was like, here, Sean, get all, here, here's all these books, man, go enjoy. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, thank you. And I get home, and I see that Marvel had a couple of free comic book day books. One for Avengers Assemble, and one for uh, Spider uh, uh, for Spider Man. And don't and, forget Infinity. Infinity and Infinity. Right? And Infinity. Oh. Yeah, I see. I, I, I wasn't able to get Infinity. I was a little mm. salty because like it was just gone. Cats copped that. Cats copped it real yeah, quick. <laughs> for so, good reason. Um, 
Oh, yeah. And so, like, I open up this Ultimate Spider-Man, and I'm like, hold up, this is screen caps. Yeah, the, the Hulk book was the same way. The, uh, yeah, what, the Agents that, of Smash? Yes, it was the yeah, same. Yeah, I'm like, this is all screen caps. I didn't like that either. You're right. Wait, screen caps of, like, a cartoon? The cartoon, cartoon. yeah. The cartoon, oh, yeah. That, is, that would make me... Be it's me. like that I'd that like, Cinebook stuff they used to do. For, I'd be for, um, in the Dead Sea. Yeah. Yo, was, let, let me tell you something. Would really it be like, Lowry salty? <laughs> worse. <laughs> worse. <laughs> like, you know, it's be like Morton salty. I'd no, be like Hawaiian lava rock salt salty. <laughs> no, it's like Old Bay seasoning salt. <laughs> yes, Old Bay. Old Bay, yes. Okay. It's like, yo, and I saw those. I'm like, wait a minute. I know these are based off of cartoons, and you may have a comic based off of it later. But it's like, yo, how bush league true. is it? Very you true. gonna screen caps? That's screen rough. And, and not only not only that, they weren't even high risk. No, caps. they weren't. They're were very blurry. They're, you're right. You're exactly. I thought the exact like the same thing. The modern day fumetti. Yep. That's yeah, rough. man. I'll tell you, one of the Free Comic Book Day books that was done right, and uh, in in a sense, um, with pretty much the same cost incurred by Marvel to do those damn screen caps, uh, was the Archie Mega Man Sonic flip book. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw it. Oh, my goodness. They they took the last, like, ten pages of both titles. Uh, both written by Ian Flynn from uh, Mega Man and Sonic because they're going into that Worlds Collide uh, crossover. And then they had double pages of who the characters are, what yep. they do, how they're related, where they're going. It's like a hot move. A really smart way to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, Jason, you caught up on Worlds Collide? Uh, yeah, I I, uh, I took the the free comic book day book got me uh, like sort of jump-started to yeah. go ahead and re just catch up. So, Isn't yeah. it awesome? It's fantastic. It's man. really good. Um, the, they exploit the Genesis wave that uh, appeared in the obviously the Genesis miniseries when when uh, the, the the whole well universe just changed and that led into another storyline. Blah blah blah. So they exploit that again because uh, Doctor Wiley finds a Chaos Emerald. And we know that the Chaos Emeralds are a part of Sonic's world. So he uses it to communicate with uh, uh, Dr. Eggman, and they join forces, and they try and bring down... It's a really... Uh, actually, it's Superman versus Spider-Man, in a sense, be because you have these two characters, and they fight at first. And But, but like Superman and Spider-Man, they don't elevate one character at the expense of another one like you know spider-man was seriously outmatched by superman but yeah. but they they didn't use superman's near godhood to overshadow spider-man what's well, the same kind of deal in this where sonic is obviously faster than mega man uh, extremely fast but mega man has the intelligence that the uh not so sonic is kind of rash and he acts without thinking a lot of times whereas mega man will deliberate i mean he is a he's a, a robot so he deliberates he thinks and that gives him the edge momentarily over sonic so they, they're both on an even keel it's a really good series and then they eventually team up and they got to go somewhere else and it's awesome i'm just having so much fun with it did you read that 100 page archie uh like that um, digest? Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, okay, here's the deal. I, I forgot to order that as one of my five through DCBS. And I, I contacted uh, Christina and they were all out of them. Well, I'll tell you what. So I downloaded it. I'm not, oh, you I'm, downloaded yeah, I'm not going to front. I, I downloaded it because I want to read it. Um, 
it, it's Archie's very smart. If there's one company that knows how to do business uh, besides your own, in 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 <laughs> comics these days, it is damn Archie. They got all the bases. Covered. Even in spite of a crazy CEO, that's true. Yeah, uh, handsome. Yes, though. very much so. Yeah. yeah. If if you want the paper copy, I will send you mine. No, you have to stop. It's fine. I I no, keep it. Love did, it. Did, I know Vince, you saw it. You because you're the you asked me. I think probably right after you read it if I saw Infinity. Oh, yeah, I read it. Oh my god, it's, dude, it's ridiculous. Junk, it just hurts my heart. It's it hurts ridiculous. My heart go back in time and pay like two hundred bucks to get him to draw. I, I, I look at mm. his panels and I'm like, this is exquisite. And then I go to the next panel and it's just as exquisite, dude. And, and it's like he took for this new villain guy. It's like he took the alien from Alien mm-hmm. and merged him with a superhero and made mm-hmm. this this character. It's Disney awesome. Morph. Yeah, it's it's really smart. I mean, the design it looks is... just like an if an alien like. Burst out of Superman's body. Yeah. Did you see the uh, general, um, the variant covers for Infinity? They're all they feature all yes. the generals. Oh my God, they're beautiful. Who designed those things? I'm guessing. I'm guessing Chung did, because the designs are incredible. I don't buy variant Lever covers. Also. Okay. In this instance, I think I may be seeking out those Genesis, uh, not Genesis, um, Infinity variants because they are beautiful. Yeah, no, I, it's awesome, and the way that it shows the, the the dude like, stealthily like, in all the Marvel scenes, like, you know, overlooking the Avengers and, you know, overlooking the X Men, and then messing with the dude's brain in Shield headquarters. It's like, it's awesome. Yep, and it wasn't that long. I mean, uh, it was what it was a, maybe twelve, sixteen pages at the at the well, best. Well, and then they give you as good if not better. They give you Mike Zek drawn. Thanos right. as the backup. Right, right. Oh, yep. man. Who's yep. been to his Facebook friend, by the way? Nice. <laughs> really? That's, that's But it, it seemed meatier than it actually was because the art is so damn detailed and you just pour <sighs> over everyone. Be- yeah, Chung, he's... he's He's not of this world. Uh, world, I don't think. I think. I think. Sean, if you want to have else. me on Black Box, we'll, we can talk Mike Zach all day long. There you oh, go. That's that's incredible. That's why lo- that's why I love to hear. All right. Yeah, and the other ones I got were uh, the uh, um, the Valiant one, which is cool, but it's 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 just like a pretty typical. I mean, it's like a couple pages of each book, you know. So if you're already reading the books, it's not. I, I probably could have done without that one. You know what I mean? Hmm. So I mean, and again, if if it, it serves its purpose, I guess. But I was hoping for something I hadn't seen before. Um, and then, uh, and then the last one was uh, Third World Studios, which I get every year. It was a flip book, half stuff of Legend and uh, half uh, Finding Gossamer, both the books I enjoy quite a bit. Um, so, uh, and oh, and then the uh, the 2008 magazine. Oh yeah, that one was really good. Real good. Yeah, yeah real real. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. that's they 2000. Uh, they got it all shore up too. Yep. 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 Yeah, wow. I was uh, I was pleased with 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 most of them. Like I said, I Valiant the contents a okay. It's just that I'd seen it all before. So yeah, I was really surprised. I, I don't think anyone ordered this other than myself. But I got the Viz Kids Ugly Doll comics with the 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 cover has a takeoff on uh, the Action Comics the Superman famous image of Superman. You know, hefting the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it focuses on the ugly dolls, Horvath stuff. I, I mm-hmm. love his art. I mean, yeah, it's full of he- Hello Kitty, which I also love. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> the Hello Kitty stuff is just makes me so happy to look at it. Is that wrong? I don't know. Who cares? Um, but it, I mean, it's got it's got Pokemon in it and stuff. But the the ugly doll comics, they're just 
they're very pleasing to my eye for some reason. I I, I love them. So yeah, it was that was cool too. A lot of, nice. lots of good free comic book day uh, offerings this time around. No diggity, no doubt. Yeah. All right. Um, hey, let's uh, wrap this puppy up because we're over two hours already, which is not a problem. Chris but, gets uh, sleepy. Chris gets – you do tend to get sleepy. Uh, so let, let's offer Mr. Pryor a chance to uh, to push some stuff at the end here. <laughs> all right. Well, cool. Well, thank you. Um, all right, y'all. Here it is. If you want to know anything about Action Lab Comics, you can go to actionlabcomics.com. Um, we have our monthly solicitations. Uh, as I said earlier in the show – all single issue Action Lab books from here on out are two ninety nine. So this is the perfect time to jump on and get full, you know, full comics. This isn't a sixteen page comic with fourteen pages of ads for two ninety nine. You know, you're gonna get like you know anywhere between twenty four to twenty eight pages worth of story. You know, for you know for two ninety nine. So, you know, so come on, you know, come on down. You can check out Skyward. You can check out on the Danger Zone side. You can check out uh, the Final Plague. Um, you know, you can check out M Theory. You can check out Ghost Town. All these great books, uh, Princeless on the Action Lab proper side. Uh, like I said, Skyward before, Molly Danger's coming out in a few months. Um, you know, on the digital side, if you want to know what we do digitally, if you don't get the paper books, go to Comixology. Go check our publisher section. We're in there. You can click on it. You can see our catalog where we have up to date. Um, all books are reasonably priced. Uh, we won't pull a DC. We don't hold them prices huh. for eight weeks. We don't do that. That's you right. <laughs> you know, for four weeks we drop. All right? That's how we do. Um, we honestly have one of the most diverse selections of books out there. We just don't do one thing. We do a lot of things, and I think we do a lot of things well. And, you know, hey, people who know me know this is what I'm about. I hustle. I hustle for, I hustle for Action Lab because I believe in it. If I didn't believe in it, I'd have been gone already. You know, through Church. stress, through stress, through struggles, through a hell of a lot of life changes, I'm still here, and everybody that's part of Action Lab is still there, and we're here for a reason. We're here to prove to each and every single person that reads comic books that we are legit. And so, please go go to ActionLabComics.com. You can check us out at Comicsology. If you you know if you don't deal with them. We got Comics Plus, we got Drive Through Comics, we got MyDigitalComics.com. We are everywhere. You you can't miss us. So come check us out. Um, I still podcast. The Black Box is still running strong. We got new feeds because the HHW LOD Podcast Network, which is a part of the um, network that I'm a part of, uh, they, they had to change up, update some software. And so, you know, kind of start things all over a bit. But you can get the Black Box through iTunes. You can go to hhwlod.com and subscribe there too. I will be um, uploading the old podcast, the older podcast, so you can hear Mr. Jason Wood. So you can hear, you know, so you can hear, you know, all these old episodes that we've done before. But new episodes are being posted. I post them when I can. Um, You also hear um, in that feed Donnie Salvo's Tales from the Attic. Um, Donnie is my homie. He's funny. He's hilarious. He talks about old school. He talks about comics. In his own certain way. He told me to tell you guys that he's salty at DC right now and um and he loves the show. Seems uh, like most of the most of the buyers are salty. Yeah, join the yeah, join join the crowd. Okay. Well, he's salty. <laughs> um well, say, why is he salty? Yeah. He, he said it would take too long to explain. But he said oh, okay. the, but although he did say the, the hologram covers in villain month he was not feeling. 
It's ridiculous. Oh, oh, okay. It's um, shore you, up the insides before you mess with the cover. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. Uh, but um, but no. So we do those things. You got um, actionlabcomics.com. I do my podcast. Um, and LOYstudios.com. Yes. That is a joint where my whole goal with LOY Studios was I know a lot of people that I've worked with over the years, that I've met over the years, that are either artists, writers, creators, podcasters, or, you know, they, you know, some are up and coming talent. Some have been here for a while and cats don't notice them, but they should. And my goal for L- of LOY Studios was, hey, let me help promote these people and show people what they can do. And, um, that that's why I created LOI Studios. It's it's not anything to say, hey, this is this is all about me because it's never all about me. It's always about helping other people and helping them get their shine and helping them get to where they need to be. So, you know, you'll see the works of Martheus Wade, you'll see the works of Julian Lytle, uh, artists like Tressa Bowling, uh, Justin Stewart, um, you know, Anthony Bachman, a bunch of people. And um, I'm, you know, I'm still tweaking the site. Um, when more free time comes, I will update it even more. Free we'll go time is L- funny. Yeah, I know exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the, that that doesn't exist. But um, but LOYstudios.com for that. Um, I stay busy, and um, I appreciate. Apparently. Hey, hey, man, and and also, you know, try to maintain a marriage on top of that. <laughs> um, and now you have a dog. And a dog. And a yeah. greyhound at that. And a, and, a, and a day job, unless people yeah. think this is and, what you do for a living. Yeah, exactly. I do have a day job. A day job pays the bills. Comics, unfortunately, does not pay the bills yet. Um, but that's okay. That's okay. And that's the whole thing about when you work in comics. Sad but true. Because, once again, it's a business now. It's not an industry. We just can't uplift ourselves and, boom, we got these salaries. We have to stay in it to win it. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate. But... Like I said, we love this enough to where we won't quit. So, you know, that's just a part of the game. And I think I think once people see the effort and quality that we put into our books, they'll believe in us. But, um, you know, like I said, this is a really big deal, man. Next, this year, the rest of this year and next year is a really big deal for me because I'm going to be doing things I've never done before. Um, I'm stepping out of my safety zones with like a bunch of things. Um, I haven't created, I haven't personally created book, a book in like two, two and a half, three years. Um, and like, I'm going to get back into the, into the creation side of things again. I'm going to start doing like some original digital comics. Um, I'm talking with cats like Steve Bryant. I'm talking with Dave Beatty, um, you know, and a couple other professionals, some young talent, and we're going to start putting stories out there and uh, hopefully they'll be with Action Lab. Um, but I'm doing that and I'm going to do some things that I honestly, truly have never done before. And because like I'm at this age now where I feel that if I don't do this now, it's not going to get done. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's, it's time for me to do this. Like action labs have been my baby. I'll always be a part of it, but also at the same time, I can respectively still, you know, I have to still make time to do my thing and, um, and make my, and make that additional mark that I want to make. And so I'm going to do it. And uh, so now I've put now I've put it on record. <laughs> so there you go. But um, but I can't say thanks enough for having me on the show. And, oh, um, yeah. Thank you. The door's always open. I do appreciate it a lot. And for real, this is like this is a really big deal for me. I'm for real. This is oh, like geez. this is big things. I don't I'm get serious. it. I, it's that, big things, man. Baffled. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and and you can get a lot of the stuff uh, put out by Mr. Sean Pryor and companies and our sponsor, right? 
discount comic yep. book service, DCBService.com, 35 to 75% off. Remember, Archie, 1,000-page comics extravaganza, 749, Classic Space, 1999, 1647, and from Titan Comics, it's Jack Katz's First Kingdom hardcover, volume 1, $13.74. Do it. Um, in your travels, regardless of where you stand on the whole um, Occupy movement, there is uh, a recently published comic from Black Mask that is beautifully illustrated and wonderfully written by a bunch of people I think you know. Alan Moore, David Lloyd, Art Spiegelman, Molly Crabapple, Joshua Hale Fialkoff, Ben Templesmith, uh, J.M. DeMatthias, Charlie Adlard, Mike Allred, Dean Haspiel, Douglas Rushkoff. The book is sick. Uh, visually, uh, it's gorgeous. Uh, you get an Alan Moore piece in here, a long nice. Alan Moore piece. Yeah, it's, um, like I said, uh, political or economic affiliations aside, these are, are really well done comics. So, uh, check this out. I think it's three ninety nine, three fifty. There you go, from Black Mask. Mm -hmm. See? Cool. Yep. Um, we like Jim Rugg. We do. A little bit, yeah. Jim Rugg has a new book out. Yep. It, it is called Super Mag. Indeed it is. You should go out and procure that. And Definitely. You should. And absorb it. and Because uh, you don't really read it. You kind of experience it. Yeah. And, uh, and then come back and we can talk about it next week. It's good. It's from Ad House. Go buy it. It's no, awesome. I don't get mine until the next box. But we have, ways of, we have ways of seeing it. Yes. Well, he sent us digital. That's what I'm saying. Spread yeah. it all over. It's not like we stole it. But he I sent gonna, it to us. Uh, <laughs> by the way, uh, Chris, uh -huh. if you're listening, not Chris Neesman. I'm right here. Chris Pitzer. Um, I would like to formally reserve a copy of the limited edition Rhinoceros cover volume, please. Thank you. So you'll be in Baltimore. Um, <laughs> you're so you're so deep into Rugs' pockets, you can feel his balls. Mm. Dude, love him. Have you seen? Have you yes, seen? Yes, I Aphrodisiac PC did. Of course, I did. Yeah. Oh my God! I know. I, cannot wait. I am rubbing myself thinking about looking. At Stop! <laughs> oh, those small chubby. <laughs> Don't need uh, that. The uh, wow, the dig uh, by David. That was nice. I already well because I already mentioned my small chubby before. So hey, man, I'm Irish. I, I own that shit. So there we go. Um, I'm gonna. You know what? I was I was talking to Vince about this earlier, and I'm going to. Read the early first issues, but I started um, with uh, twenty-five. But I'm going to say I am blown away by the fun I'm having with with with, with Jason Aaron's Wolverine and the X-Men. That's because it's awesome. Had a boy, had a boy to you. Yeah, is, I mean, I I'm I'm starting with Logan taking the kids to Savage Land, and um, so I'm. Because I didn't read the earlier issues, I um. What did I, I say to you? I'm, I'm I'm missing out on what made Brew great because now yeah. he's, he's brain dead. Stop! 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 Don't say it. You I'm spoiled it on me. Spoiling anything? <laughs> but I'm just. But you know, I'm just saying. So, but um. Uh, not to spill the beans, but Mr. Bobby Drake discovers he can do something very cool. In the first, uh, in the is, that, first. is that a pun? Because he's Iceman. No, well, yeah, okay. kind of is a pun. Uh -huh. but yeah, I've I've never seen him do this before, and it's awesome, and it makes That's a lot of sense. Said. Yeah, uh -huh. the uh, that, shocker. There's a neat little tie-in to um, that 
Oh my god, it was so awesome! Miniseries called Origin from back in the day, uh, and um, and yeah, I just—I mean, I I can still wrestle with the whole dilemma of what the hell is, and even Logan even addresses the whole idea of him running a school and being in charge of children. But it is just—it's—it's it's well written. The the uh, the issues that I'm reading by Ramon Perez are awesome. There was one issue that was an Age of Ultron tie-in. Mm-hmm. Do you know who wrote that issue? Uh, what was that? 19A or something? or something? Uh, it's, uh, 27A. 27. I didn't get that far yet. I have it, but I didn't get that far. Matt motherfucking Kent. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah boy. Okay. And it was a great... It was, it was a... Um, it ties into the second act of Age of Ultron, so it's a lot. You'll love it, Vince, because it's it's so it's, it's a lot of Susie. It's my dog, yo. Yeah. You know, yeah. somebody made a dig today on the Twitter. I forget who it was. That uh, you know, now that Wolverine's the man. Well, well, why <laughs> why not? Why, we, like Jason said, we've seen him as a, a, a an assassin, a, a spy, a terrorist, mercenary, a, a, yeah. a mercenary, a berserker. Why not be the man? It's an interesting take on the character, just like what they're doing with Cyclops now. I don't agree with it, but I got to say, this Cyclops is a hell of a lot more interesting than, than you know than Genie's lapdog. Yeah. You know, yeah, so nice. yeah, milk post. No, so. no, it's hey, let's put a different spin <laughs> on it. It's interesting. It's fun. It's yeah. and it's it's uh, it's getting my I money. Kinda, I kind of cringe like when people act like it's shocking to see Wolverine in this role. Like, oh, he's always been a teacher. He's always. I mean, exactly. He's yes. like yes. one of the things that defines Wolverine is he's the way he's taken in young female sidekicks and cared for. You know, I mean, like it's admittedly it's a little different than being like the headmaster of an entire school, but I mean right. he's. And we saw hints of it even in like Age of a. You know, I mean, he's he's always been portrayed as like the event, the well, ones Kitty Pride and Wolverine. Come on, yeah, way back yeah, when. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lone wolf and cub feel to the character. Oh hell yeah. But, but I mean, yeah. he, still, he is also, uh, he has no qualms about taking someone head off if, if the situation rises. No, so that's, but he doesn't do it at the school. That, right. And yeah. that's the thing. I mean, and it, but, but any parent would do that to save their, you know, to protect their children. So I mean, that's I not, that's not unusual, but it's still. I do it to protect you. I know. I it would. is true. It, just to make David smile, though, I will say in all seriousness, it is a little ridiculous that we have to play out this string of everyone not forgiving Cyclops when he was possessed by the Phoenix Force, and yet we have people like Wolverine that have been berserk how many times in their lives <laughs> for how any many, number of reasons? How many did he kill in, in, in uh, Enemy of the State? It, it, yes. Exactly. <laughs> or, or even in his in the Jason Aaron series recently when he was possessed by the devil. Right. And he was, or he was in hell, and so his soul wasn't in his body, so his body was going on a rampage. I mean, he's he has been lethal to his own people many an occasion killed his own fucking love of his life anyway you know what i mean like so it's it's just funny it's the dichotomy but you know that's that's what makes storytelling so yes yeah. yep there you go what you got bro uh in your travels um it's a book that uh i'm not the first one to mention on the show but it's i, I finally got around to reading it and uh it's uh by dark horse uh written by uh, uh jay nitz uh, with extremely impressive artwork by our very own uh, listener and friend of the show, Greg Smallwood. Mm. And that is Dream Thief, number yes. one. Um, <sighs> Greg showed us some pages of this, you know, because he drew it um, at Sados Sados, at C2E2. So I knew they were coming. And we also were kind enough to receive original art from Greg as a gift for the for him and Super nice the show. Guy. Super nice Super guy. Super nice guy. But very let nice. me tell you something. 
um, seeing him in this book, uh, wow. I mean, you know, for, for a guy that is uh, still in the uber humble, can't even believe he's drawing comics for a living phase of his career, the kid is good. I mean, he... He's going he places. Is, he is going places. Yeah. I mean, he is he is in that... That Somni camp, you know that that uh, he's of that ilk, and, and he he's his storytelling, his panel layouts, all very very strong. He handed you know? us a fifteen hundred dollar time bomb when he gave us those uh, illustrations. He did, yeah. he did, and 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 again, he he showed us this at C two E two, but I I had forgotten that this was the issue. So as I'm reading this issue, and all of a sudden I see our fucking show's logo on the yes. protagonist shirt, I nearly uh, lost my mind. I mean, I couldn't believe it actually was in a, a real book. Um, That's cool. So thanks again to Greg for that. That's a super cool Easter egg, and I would love to own that page if he's willing to sell it. No, buddy. Um, I believe oh, you me, already put dibs on it. I I did. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, uh, that page the, the, the book was done digitally. I thought so. Okay. Yeah. Right. He, he says he, he does. He, he does say that he wishes he did put it on paper. And big ups to Andy Jewett too, because. That's, Absolutely, that's, that's Andy's, Andy's logo. Yeah, Absolutely there you go. Right. Yes, and and for for the and again, I'm pretty. You did talk about this on the show, David, or no? The the Dream Thief. Yeah, we touched on it briefly. Uh, post C two E two. Yeah, okay. I was because I, I didn't. I, I thought we. I knew we but mentioned. We didn't it, talk about the actual issue yet. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like I said, it's been one issue, but it's it's um. This is a book that you should not judge by its cover. Um, as much as Alex Ross is is a is a titan and and all that, I think it is a disservice to this book to have that cover on the book, because the cover is a like Alex Ross silhouette of the main character yeah. with the smoke and and dark background, and it's very frankly evocative of the milk toast dynamite books that Alex Ross puts on the for covers. For real, for real, right. you're right. You're exactly and, and right. I, and I have heard several people say that they passed this book up when they saw that cover. I just figured it was another like um uh public uh domain uh throwback hero that dynamite was doing and that's not at all what this book is about no. so so do not judge the book by the alex Ross well cover. it gets better because dan brereton is uh i think he does the cover to either number two or number three cool cool yeah so i mean the, and, and the book basically is it introduces us to a guy named john lincoln and he is a uh you know a slacker basically um a good for nothing um but but a likable enough guy just but but you know an unfaithful boyfriend and can't hold a job and smokes a lot of weed and all that stuff um and he comes across a mask and uh and and from that point he starts having blackouts where he is is waking up having killed people and he's he's basically the 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 mask is letting him take possession and memory of of dead people who have scores to settle and they're inherit they're inheriting his body and killing these people and then he's sort of coming to and uh and there's a lot of ways this this book can go with that kind of trope. Yeah. Uh, so, just just it was a really enjoyable first issue, and and I would be saying that even if if Greg wasn't a friend and listener, but but uh, I really think this is a book that um, if if for some reason it's not getting a lot of attention, please you know EOC listeners do do give it a try. It's it's only one issue out, so you can you can jump in and catch yeah. up easily. There there is a uh, there's a forum thread, and, and the people who have picked it up have have been enjoying it. I haven't seen anybody say anything along the lines of oh it was great, but it was just yeah. everybody who's reading it seems to really be digging it. Yeah, and, and the other um, cool thing is Smallwood does everything. I mean, other than write the book, he he does the pencils, the the the, the finishes, the inks, the colors, the letters. He does the entirety of the visuals, which and, is uh, a rarity. These if days. Mike Richardson is listening, Mike, do the right thing. Hardcover collection, please. Word. <laughs> yes. Word to I, don't you think, I, I don't think he's listening. Well, he, I, you don't know that. He should be. Yeah. He, he might have form. SEO and see that we're talking about Dream Thief and then listen to this episode. Yep. 
do it. You do the right thing, Mike. He did it. Up. He did it for the uh, Frank Avilla series that's coming out. Like it, it, it seems like they cherry pick these miniseries and they put them in the in that that beautiful slimline hardcover format. Let's yep. do that with this too. Come on. Yeah. All right, everybody. It was an extreme pleasure and joy no to have Mr. Sean Pryor here with us this week. Hopefully, he will come back very, very soon because we Team love Tundra. him so much. Oh, hey, anytime y'all want me, just hey, just let me know, and I will, and I will definitely make time for real. I will make Sending. time. We'll, we'll put out the Sean signal. That's yeah. right, and yeah, we we will reunite like Def Squad and Hit Squad. So uh, I have love no. It. No issues with that at all. Don't worry, Chris. I'm going to tell you about Death Squad and His Squad one day, too. <laughs> all right. Okay. Hey, Sean, you know what I was listening to on my ride back from the, the bus today to home? What's Charles? that? Black Rob, like, whoa. No, that was on Sirius Radio on my way home from work. Oh, was it really? Get out of yes, here. I replayed it. I, re- I replayed it three times. Like, whoa. <laughs> Awesome. He mentions Doctor Strange in that song. Yes, yes, he does. Oh boy. And then, he, and then the next lyric is about licking a girl's ass. So it's, it's whatever. It's, it's, it's oh, oh, chocolate yeah. anus. Yeah, it's it's crazy. He talks about uh, sniffing cocaine, then Doctor Strange, and then yeah. I was like, yo, you are just out there right now, dude. You are out there. No, this this is so much fun, yo. I can I seriously, man. I can't say thanks enough. This nice. stuff like this, man. This really lifts my spirits. I came in front, man. For, cool. Okay. All, all I do is work. So when when stuff like this goes down, yo, it it rejuvenates me. So I nice. nothing but love for every single one of y'all. Thank well, you. We got to be thanking you because you Respect, elevated man. us this week. Thank you. So uh, hey, you know what? We'll be back next week, same time, same channel, and we hope you join us because, like always, we'll be waiting for you. Don't make us wait. Oh. What's wrong with you? We love you so much. Damn fools. You know this. Take us out, David. Call me. Call David. Call Sean. <laughs> hell, hell with that. Buy Sean's books. <laughs> listen, to, listen to Sean's show. And listen hey. to Sean's show. That's right. Where can they listen to that, Sean? Why don't you just tell um, me again? Go to hhwlod.com, and you can find the black box there, or just go to iTunes and type the black box, and uh, and just like click podcast. Trust me, you'll find it. You can't <laughs> miss it. There you go. You on Twitter, Sean? Yes, I am. Uh, Twitter, uh, Sean, R-S-H-A-W-N. R Pryor, Pryor like Richard Pryor, and uh, at Sean R Pryor. Now listen, if I don't follow follow you back, I'm not trying to be an asshole. I re- I'm really am not. Like Jason. I, I am. <laughs> not, I, I've I've seriously like started to call back on a lot of so, things. Yeah, I do that every couple months. And um, you know, because sometimes the feeds just get a little bit too extreme. And it's a noise. Yeah, and so like I I like remove I I was follow, I, I like remove unfollowed four hundred things. Some were nice. things, some were people, and like the feed is starting to clear up a little bit, and I feel a little bit more comfortable, and I feel like I can breathe again. So, yeah. uh, so like if I don't follow you back, I promise you, I'm not trying to be an asshole. So, uh, but yes, that is my Twitter feed. I follow everybody back. Yeah, my, don't my, even don't even try and hit them up on Facebook. My my, fe- my feeds like crazy. <laughs> if I don't follow you back, it's because I don't find you interesting. But yeah, no, Vince follows everybody. I do. I thought that was funny on your last episode, Sean, when, when you guys were doing your closing credits and Julian was like, yeah, and don't look me up on Facebook because I'm not going to follow you. And he's, uh, like, uh, and he's uh, like, unless you're, unless you're, unless you're hot, and then I will follow you. <laughs> well, then I'm flattered. That's our Julian. <laughs> Gotta love him. Uh, All right. Pirate represent. All right, boys. Good times. We'll see yes. you. We Stand love you. Back together. Yep. One time for your mind. For, for a long time. 
uh, I don't think we have anything going on, so we'll be, we will all be around for the next like, boatload of episodes. It's like I love you. Yeah, and if you don't get enough of David and I here, you can and whoever else. I'm sure Chris and Jason are going to come in with us too. Well, you can go listen to us on the bullpen thing. <laughs> eh, maybe the bullpen. <laughs> Why are you laughing at? It's back, baby. Apparently, oh, no here. grave can hold that damn thing. See ya. Podcast on. Well, see, that's what I'm thinking because I don't want to bring, I don't want to overload this show with Marvel, 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 because that's that's what I'm digging right now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna mix about, it up. Yeah, I you're know. us. You're, you're, it's your damn side project again. It is. <laughs> yeah, I'm leaving you. All you on your damn side project. I got nowhere to go. Look at you, football man. One show, damn it. Bye. Peace out. Seriously, man. Commit, people. Commit. Make sure be committed. All right, this dick. What? Let's stay in here. So sleepy, have to get up, run. So do we all, dude.